Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Yeah, we've messed. I've messed around with those. Uh, uh, there's another uh, manufacturer out there called Victoria, but it's the same thing. It's like for mole or not mole, but uh, you know, like a corn kind of thing. And uh, it it is very hard to keep at a. Con- it's, I, I've never been able to really get it consistent, but I've never ran more than half a pound through it. And um, yeah, it it pretty much destroys your your grain husk. So. And are these motorized as well, or are they just hand crank? No, this is a hand crank. It's yeah. like you you clamp it on the side like a countertop. You know, the side of your table or something like that, and you just sit there and crank the thing. Hmm. Um, so roller mills are definitely definitely better than than the Coronas. All right, L- let me back up even further. Uh, I go down to my local homebrew shop, which is Beer Bear More Beer, and I buy my grains, and they crush them for me in their mill there. Uh, so do do I need a, a mill at home because they do it for me? I guess I'm wondering, you know, why someone needs a mill. Well. Um Probably you're lucky. <laughs> okay. If you're one of the guys who's getting to go to more beer, you're probably getting a really great crush. Um, but a lot of us are faced with going to a homebrew shop that, you know, they may not have a mill or they've got nothing but a Corona or they've got some other mill that, you know, doesn't work well. And, and, and maybe it's not even a bad mill. It's just they don't want to adjust it. They don't want to play around with it. They I don't want to... They don't want to let you tweak your crush. So if you if you have your own mill, you can do all that yourself. I mean, I was going you know before I started mill, uh, doing the mill business, I w- I went to a homebrew shop and they had a they had a really good mill. They had a Schmidling, which is a great mill, but uh, they um, they wouldn't let you adjust it. They didn't want anybody to mess with it. You know, okay. just 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 grind it up. It'll be fine. You know, and uh, it was. You know, I was always faced with, well, geez, what kind of efficiency am I going to get this time? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so yeah. I, and that makes sense to me because I guess you're looking for consistency, it, mm-hmm. and, and we talk about that all the time here. Anyway, if you want to repeat your beers, and um, it really could make a, a difference in your efficiency. I assume if you your grains are crushed a certain way one time, and and then they're a different way the next time. Definitely, oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that's one of the biggest benefits is consistency. You know, I guarantee you. You won't be able to taste the difference between beer brewed with one other mill and, 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 and a different mill, but, you know, if your consistency, you know, if you can't hit the OG that you want to hit and, mm. and be able to accurately predict the efficiency you're going to get, then, then you know, you're going to be way off base every time you, um, every time you brew. Well, so. and, and another reason, Jay, to answer your question, why do you want a mill at home, it's yeah. um, a lot of guys are into the bulk buy thing, you know? So if you don't live near a homebrew shop, or and you 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 go and your club buys bulk grain or whatever. Yeah, how are you gonna mill it? 
You right. Know, then you all go to one dude's house and you're you know standing in line to use his mill. This way, you have your own mill. You can buy bulk grain, store your own grain, and you can kind of brew on the fly. You know, and and unmilled malt will uh, be fresher than okay. than milled malt. So, you know, some people they'll buy it in bulk. You know. 10, 20 pounds of pre, you know, pre-milled specialty malts or whatever, and they'll keep it for six months. Yeah, and you know, you're not getting as fresh of a flavor. But if you have your own mill at home, you can go ahead and just do that and and just keep it unmilled and then uh, grind it right and then put it right in the mash tun, and it'll stay fresher longer. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's a natural. I know that case. that Jamil, uh, even though he has access to to B three, uh, he mills his own malt too. Yeah, and I think and. Uh, Jamil, I'm not putting words in your mouth. I just have conversations I've had with you. I think he enjoys the consistency part of it. He wants control over his crush. Mm-hmm. I also know he is a guy who likes to have a bunch of grains around so that he can yeah. then kind of go and pick and choose whatever his recipe is. He knows what he has on hand. So that's a good point, JP, that I know Jamil has told me about that he, you know, if he's got different uh, uh, specialty malts, exactly, you know, then he can he just keeps a whole. I think he goes to B three and buys a whole shitload of, of malt. Yeah, that's keep, exactly. You know, keeps an inventory. Yeah. yeah, so that yeah, makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, maybe this question gets us into some of the upgrades about the mill that you've given us. Um, I know that the the mill that Jamil gave me was a hand crank, and I am one lazy douche. So sitting there for the 35 minutes that it took me to crank that, I, I was doing a, a 10-gallon batch of beer. I had a good amount. I, ha, I think I had, um, if I remember right, somewhere around 24 pounds of grain. And I've got, like, the bag in one hand. I'm pouring it into the to the chute. The and I'm grinding with the other. I'm holding it down with my foot over the bucket. It was ridiculous. And I thought... I don't know why anybody wants wants to do this. So is that the only way that I could, I mean, does everybody go through that? Well, you know, a hand crank is, is works just fine if you don't have a, if you don't have a drill, but, you know, golly, you can go buy a drill for twenty nine ninety nine at, you know, almost anywhere. So why, why hand crank? Although I, I do have this theory though, you know, if you've ever ever made um, homemade ice cream, where you you know when you're a kid and you and you know with a wooden bucket and and you had to hand crank it, yeah. I don't know about you, but it always tasted better when I was, when I was done hand cranking that, That's true. Uh, that ice cream. You know, so I did feel good about get, myself after you, you hand cranked. More intimate with your beer, you know, burn off the calories from the beer you just drank, and you know, and hand crank it. But no, there's really no reason not uh, to hand crank for, per se. You know, it's it's a lot slower and. Um, you know, you're not going to get a better crush. You know, and for heaven's sake, don't buy a three roller mill and then put a hand crank on it. You know, you're wasting you're wasting the money you spent on that. So yeah, I agree. Because as nice as this thing looks, I don't care how well it crushes the grain. I'm not sitting out there cranking again. <laughs> All my cranking is done in the room. Yeah. I'm not doing it back on the porch anymore. <laughs> the neighbors are getting pissed. Yeah, well, the judge told you not to do the case, so. <laughs> Yes, I have to stop. All right, let's talk about some of the qualities of this. Uh, we did mention the knurling, and, and we should explain what that is and, and why it's important in this. Uh, and I hadn't, until two days ago, I, the word was French to me. I had no idea. So tell us about knurling. Uh, knurling is going to be the trickiest thing that uh, and a machinist is going to do to build that mill. You know, drilling holes and threading them is one thing, and you know, making the hole the right size for the knob is another thing. But when you start talking about the the knurling, um, that's a whole different uh, whole different subject. It's um, it's kind of an art form. You know, it's 
it's not something where you just stick the piece in the machine and you press a button and it goes and it just works. Because, you know, you can you can talk to my machinists that build the mills and they'll tell you they had fits with the knurling. Um they had to try, you know, many different speeds and feeds, you know, to get it to get it just right. And, you know, they, they do it all in one pass. You know, you, if you're doing it on a manual machine, it takes forever because you're probably going to do it in, in more than one pass. Mm-hmm. But they do it in one pass. So they had to, you know, basically do trial and error to get it exactly right. Um, you know, the the speed is how fast it's rolling, you know, it's rolling around in the lathe, and uh, the feed is how fast it's going across the across the roller. And they had to try different combinations to, uh, to, um, to, to get it to work right. Um, Another another key thing is having the the roller absolutely true. If uh, if you start off with a little bit of run out in the roller itself, then you're never going to get a good knurl. You know you have to you basically have to make a a, a truing pass on the roller to start with before you start knurling. That really helps a lot too. We found that out pretty quickly. But um, yeah, it's um, it basically these two little bitty rollers that have, uh, they look like gears almost, okay? Mm-hmm. And the gears are cut at an angle, and they go in a special tool holder that uh, holds them apart, you know, a certain distance. And, uh, and then you basically run, that, run those rollers up against the, uh, up against the, 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 o, the outer diameter of the, of the roller. And you press them in, and then you, you essentially move those that tool holder across the roller to cut that diamond pattern into the into the steel. Okay, so, and that's the pattern, of course, that's actually you know contributing to a nice crush of of the grain. Right, exactly. I mean, the the knurling is really what allows the roller to pull the grain into the gap and to crush it. Okay, you know, and it, and it shreds it a little bit and crushes it a little bit. You know, if you had uh, if you had completely smooth rollers, then you know your grain would just kind of bounce around in there and not really do anything, yeah. unless you had very large diameter rollers. You know, if you had three to five inch diameter rollers, then you can use an almost completely smooth um, uh, roller to, oh, if, you're, if, you're, if they're big enough diameter. So. That makes sense. Yeah, for a smoother gap. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Nothing wrong with right. that. Right, and I should just, uh, and I'm just adding, like I said, I just found out about this a couple of days ago myself. Colin was talking about trying to get these made, uh, maybe it was when he was with More Beer, and saying that when he would speak to machinists about knurling for them, most of them would say, absolutely not. I, yeah. won't, I won't do it. You can forget it. And, you know, he, he'd start talking about the project, and as soon as he mentioned knurling, they, <laughs> said, they said, nope, sorry, uh, you'll have to go somewhere else. Uh, did you uh, my, my guys have some guts. They, uh, <laughs> you know, they they tried it. You know, they had a little trouble to begin with. You know, I mean, um, they worked at it, and you know, the first set of rollers, I was like, guys, this is this is not going to work. Yeah, you're going to have to work at that a little bit, and they uh, they figured it out. So it's um, it is a tricky process. Um, you know, I really would love for more beer to carry our mills. I think I shot them an email a while back when we first started to see about them uh, carrying our mills. But you know, the, if they want to design something, we could even have it built, and they could, they could, you know, we could basically be their OEM if, if they were interested in that. So, all right, we'd be way, we'd be way open to that. Well, I'll pass on the MP3 to Chris Graham himself. He can he can tune in and decide, see how that goes. You never know. Okay, yeah. that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. uh, now I have I have a question for you. Uh, 
and I should say, if you're just tuning in, by the way, we're giving away a Monster Mill today. Uh, if you hit the donate button on our on our donate page, just hit the dog the dog tag on the homepage. It says BN Army. It'll take you to the donate page. Hit the one time donation. Raffle tickets are five bucks. So if you donate five, you get one name in the hat. If you donate twenty, you get four names in the hat, and so on and so forth. So we're doing that up until seven thirty. And uh, Fred Francis from Monster Brewing Hardware has been very kind and generous to donate this great mill to us so we can give it to you. So uh, it's 5 bucks a raffle ticket, and that's how you do it. We'll be doing it until 7.30. That's how long you have to do it. I want to know why you got in the mill business in general, Fred. Were you, uh, I mean, was there a need? Were you unsatisfied with mills that you found you, you were using and, and felt you could do better? No, um, it, it didn't happen like that at all. I um, basically, and I guess I guess it was late '99. I was at one of my homebrew club meetings, and uh, a guy in the club uh, brought in a mill, and he's like, "Check this out!" And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, "Wow, that's great!" You know, um, it was a a really nice piece of work. And he said, "Yeah, I'm, you know, I've been building these things, and I'm trying to sell them, and I'm not having a lot of a lot of luck selling them." Um, and it just so happens that I had another friend who was uh, was basically starting a web hosting company. You know, he was going to host websites out of his house. He's like, man, you need to come up with something for me to host. You know, you know, I need Porn. to do some work for you. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I started thinking, I'm like, why in the world can I not sell this, this mill on the Internet, you know, and see if we can make some money doing that. Yeah. So, so, you know, I basically had a handshake deal with this guy. I was going to... To sell the mills, I'd take care of all the advertising, you know, run the web page, do all that kind of stuff, and um, he would build the mills. And you know, that was um, that was in you know 2000. We started selling mills, and then you know, time went by, and we sold bunches of mills. You you know, you've probably heard of Krankenstein. That was who I was with. So if you if you bought one of their mills, any time. Since we started up until you know around September last year, then I was probably the guy who packed it up and shipped it to you, and okay. and answered your questions and stuff. All right. And uh, so you know things changed. The business was a little different, and uh, I decided that I would I would go it on my own, try okay. something different. So um, so then Monster was born. I found somebody to build build what I thought was a a good mill. You know I I. Uh, you know, made a lot of design changes and improvements, and you know, uh, came up with something I thought would would sell. And so I had them. I found some guys who could build it, and and there you go. Let's talk about some of the upgrades that you that you mentioned about this one. Um, you said that stainless steel is an upgrade, and so I have a couple questions about that. Does that mean that the whole thing is stainless steel? And two, why does that make a difference to me? Why why is that an upgrade? Um, well, the the stainless we use is 303. It's uh, it's a little bit more machinable than some of the other alloys that you guys may be familiar with in the brewing industry, like 304 and 316. Um, it's a lot more corrosion resistant. That's that's one of the biggest benefits. Um, it's not going to rust on you. It's going to you know if you decided you want to do wet milling or something like that, or you know say you live in Hawaii or you know on the coast somewhere, or you know hey maybe San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you have a moist environment, you know, that you're going to keep the mill in, the 303 stainless won't rust. 
Uh, it's slightly magnetic, so, you know, I know some stainlesses are not magnetic, so don't freak out if a magnet sticks to it, but it, it doesn't stick near as well as uh, regular steel. But, uh, okay. But, yeah, that's the biggest, the biggest benefit is the corrosion resistance. It's also, it's also tough, you know, it will, uh, it will last long. Uh, you know, you'll get better wear out of stainless than than most of the other stuff you can get. So. I feel like I could kill everyone in the studio with that mill, and and it would it look exactly the same. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Don't you, drop it on your toe. That's for sure. <laughs> you want to talk consistency? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can brain I can brain four people. Yeah, and, you want to talk durability? Look at the blood yeah. all over this thing. Yeah. Not an not an ounce of rust. No, see all the skull fragments. <laughs> yeah, they, man, somebody they, needs a vacation. They crush right through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am a little angry. Not even taste. a dent. <laughs> Not even a dent on this thing. So, so it's just a durability. Yeah. yeah. So are these yeah. things made to last a lifetime? I mean, what's the? Well, um, the, the my experience shows that you should be able to get fifteen thousand pounds of grain through those three hundred three stainless rollers before you need to think about sharpening sharpening them or having uh, having them re-knurled. So. I don't know, you know, wow. only the, the very most prolific homebrewers <laughs> will, will be able to wear it out. Um, That's like two months know, for you, Shet. Yeah. I, I wanted to three. point out also our, our standard steel that we offer, you know, the non-upgraded steel, where it's not, you know, corrosion-resistant like the, the stainless is, it's, it's actually harder. And uh, it will last probably just, you know, I, I can't say unequivocally how long it will last because I haven't had... I haven't had a brew pub a brew pub customer buy one yet and tell me, oh yeah, we put you know twenty thousand pounds to it. So yeah, um, yeah. my my anticipation is that the uh, the standard steel we use, which is eleven forty four, will um, will you know last probably just as long as the stainless. So, okay. Yeah. Can we talk about your shaft for a second? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> well, you mentioned upgrading the shaft, and, and that part I don't get, because to me it just seems like a basic part of any mill. It has to have uh, – am I wrong that the, the shaft is actually the part that you're going to be using to turn the mill and, and do your crushing? Right, that's right. That's, that's where you're going to attach your drill or your pulley or your, uh, you know, your coupling for a, for a direct drive uh, gear motor or something like that. Okay, um, so what's the upgrade that I'm looking at as I'm staring at your mill here? Um, well, the rollers are all one piece, okay? All right. Everything you see, if you take the mill apart, the whole roller is is one piece of metal. The axles are one piece. The the shaft is the same. You know, it's, it's an integral part of that, of the whole roller. It's all, all together. I mean, we basically start with a big bar of steel and... Um, Lay it down to the diameter of the shaft, so it's all it's all one piece. Um, the the larger shafts are, you know, if you're going to motorize, um, you know, you're going to want to put a probably a ten or eleven inch pulley on the mill itself, and a pulley that's going to be that big is only going to come with a half inch bore. Okay, it won't come with a three eighths inch bore. So, if you get the small shaft. And you try to put the pulley on there, it's not going to work. Okay. Unless you get us, you know, you could you could make it work. You'd have to get some sort of adapter bushing or something like that to make the shaft size larger, so that the pulley would fit on there. But that's one of the reasons. That's the main reason we offer it. Is if you want to motorize, you know, you can put it on uh, put it on the larger shaft without any problem. Story it's of my also life. Stronger. Yeah, it's stronger too. You know, if you're worried about bending it or, you know, you're, you know, you could break a bowling ball in a sandbox with your bare hands. You know, you might want to upgrade to the to the larger shaft just so you don't have to worry about getting it to wobble or, or bending it or anything like that. You hear that, Bevo? 
You can always upgrade. Ready, ready upgrade? upgrade. Hey, just talking about Shaft. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dying over here. Yeah. <laughs> she can't take it anymore. <laughs> I was talking about Shaft. I do have uh, this. Uh, you, well, you know, we could probably categorize as one of my dumb questions, but so the mill arrives, and it doesn't have a hopper on it, and it's my assumption that. I mean, what the hell am I going to do for a hopper? I'm I'm not a carpenter, and uh, th- is that a normal mill thing, or do you sell a hopper? Uh, did that box not like I, not arrive? I don't get why there's not a hopper. Well, um, admittedly, Justin, if I could, if I had a hopper, I would certainly be selling <laughs> one. That is, that is for sure. Okay, good. Um, I just don't, and I've never bought a mill, so I don't know. I'm I'm honestly asking if this is a regular thing. No, it's it's not necessarily a regular thing. I mean, um, you know, like the barley crusher. That's uh, those guys have been kicking my butt, and uh, mm. the reason they are is because a lot of people don't want to. They don't want to build a hopper. You know, they don't want to build a base. They don't want to do any of that stuff. So they take it out of the box, and boom. You know, okay. they put some grain in it and they go to it. So with our mill, you know, you get you you buy just the guts. You know, you buy just the just the the main mill part and. Uh, you have to add all that stuff yourself. Um, so, you know, it's it's really not that daunting when you start looking at how simple you can put something together. You know, you could use a, you know, you could use something as simple as a a, a piece of plywood with a hole cut in it, and uh, you know, a milk carton uh, or a, a milk jug, you know, with the bottom cut out as a funnel. You know. Oh yeah. And yeah, I mean. It's it's really simple to rig something up. I mean, basically, you've got to mount the mill on a on some side of sort of sturdy base. You know, I use uh, I recommend either high density fiberboard or something like three quarter inch plywood will work well too. Okay, something that's hard and stiff. Will <laughs> Yeah, back to the chef. Thing, but, uh, something that's hard and stiff. But it doesn't will, get biased. You know. Don't worry. They're all laughing over here, Fred. <laughs> yeah. It's something that'll hold the mill steady, you know. And yeah. you'll need to cut a slot in it to, to let the grain either go in or go out, yeah, uh, yeah. depending on whether you want to have the mill on the top of the base or have the mill on the bottom of the base. Okay. And uh, if you look at it, the, the top of it's threaded. That's where the bolts are screwed into the top of the mill. And the bottom is threaded also, so you can mount it on, you know, above the base or you can mount it below. Okay. Um, I, I kind of like to mount it below the base. Uh, I know a lot of people don't do that, but to me it it solves a lot of issues because then you don't have to come up with something separate to hold the hopper on the top, you know. Well, you basically you're, use the base to hold the hopper. You're a traditionalist, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I like to keep it simple, stupid, you know, plan. You know, keep it keep it easy. You know, don't don't try to outthink it. You know, yeah. Uh, you can take a a piece of plywood, cut a cut a slot in it, and drill some mounting holes, and then build yourself any kind of funnel. You know, you could you could go buy a a metal funnel or a plastic funnel, or you know, um, you know, you could also make something uh, out of uh, something like masonite, or you know, you could even use cardboard if you wanted to. You know, okay. it's real simple mm-hmm. if you start looking at it to 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 um, come up with something to, to make it all work. I mean, it, so yeah. see, it's nothing fancy. It's just a, a, a grain delivery system of some sort. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you got to have something. you gotta, you got to come up with an idea for how to get the grain in there. And uh, and then, you know, basically put a bucket under it and catch it. You know? See, if I was... You know. 
If I was any good at building things, I would actually like that because you can design it exactly, exactly how you want it and what fits best for you. Exactly right. But what well, I would do is buy this and then go give it to Doc. Exactly right. <laughs> and then Doc would build the... Uh, and you go, yeah, yeah, I could do that. Bevo, do you prefer it below the base or uh, uh, above the base? Okay, why did I just get asked the same question in the chat room? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're smart in the chat room, yeah. that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not answering that. Well, and I will, you know... She didn't say no. <laughs> I, will, I will buffer my Hopper question by saying I asked uh, uh, Colin, and I think Jamil was around at the same time, I asked them the same question, why is there no Hopper? And they all said, well, that's just kind of a... That's a thing. You know, it's not difficult to build a Hopper, and a lot of people want to build their own. So, um, But I ne- like I said, I've never bought a mill, and, and uh, I just kind of expected it to be there, so... Yeah, well, the, the plans are, um, and the plans are, and always have been for us to have um, a base and a hopper. I, I was actually talking to one of my buds in my in my, in my homebrew club last night about uh, about building bases. He has a. We had our meeting last night, uh, and uh, he has like a whole wood shop in his basement, you know, and he's got that really nice table saw. And I'm like, hey, you need to saw up some bases for me. So uh, we, we plan to offer bases, and as soon as I can find somebody that can fabricate you know sheet metal i you know i plan on having a uh, a hopper as well so it's you know it kind of boils down to to money and time just like everything i you know i have a family and and a daytime job and all that so as soon as i can you know design up the the hopper and find somebody to build it for you know something that people are willing to pay then i will i will have that as well and then we'll start you know competing with the uh with the barley crusher guys better well fred it sounds like your family and job are holding you back well, <laughs> yeah, I think you need to cut some dead weight. Fred. Yeah, come on, Fred. Huh? Let's give it the program. <laughs> no, no, I can't do that. I say it's uh, it's a lot of time as it is, just yeah. you know, running the whole thing on the side. So, uh, understood. Yeah, can't, can't do that. So, no, it's 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 you know, it's coming. It's it just patience, and it will happen. I mean, I've done the CAD work and all. I just need to get off my get off my lazy ass and you know, find somebody to build the thing so it's not easy time isn't is is the commodity that most of us don't have so uh i commend you on the work you've done so far it's it's really a nice looking mill i have a kind of a last question um the sides of it are those aluminum or stainless steel also the you know the actual side plates the, the side plates are um are, are aluminum they're 6061 aluminum okay. uh the knobs, those are made out of 303 stainless, okay. just like our upgraded rollers. And the rollers are either 1144 or um, or 303, depending on whether you upgrade to stainless or not. So, okay. Uh-huh. And the listener questions I had, just so you know, were about whether or not uh, they were asking if they could upgrade to aluminum sides. But it looks to me like they're aluminum anyway, like you're just answering. Yeah, the, the sides are aluminum. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then they were asking about hoppers and all that, too, if you're going to add those on. And it sounds like you will be as soon as you can. So, um, well, it, if you do some Googling, you know, or you get out on the brew board or something like that, or the different forums related to beer, Yeah. there's been a lot of guys who've posted photos and some great ideas. You know, you can go to... As hog wild as you want. I mean, I've seen ones that were stained and you know had plexiglass sides, and you mm. know, I mean, yeah. it's crazy. You know, shaped you can go, like vaginas. You know, 
There's one made out of like an interstate highway sign. It was freaking awesome. Really? It's like New Mexico. That sounds it's illegal. Interstate <laughs> sign. This is great. Yeah. Let's bust them. Well, we've got the new uh, BN Army gadget section on thebrewingnetwork.com. Yeah. And I, uh, if you don't already have a, a hopper built in your own grain mill, maybe the person who's going to win this in the raffle tonight and has to build a hopper for it could uh, post pictures and a write-up that'd of be great. Uh, the hopper that they built. I think yeah. that'd be a cool thing that'd to do. That'd be fantastic. Um, you can go, of course, to monsterbrewinghardware.com and check out the exact products that we're talking about. We're giving away a, a three-roller mill tonight. It's a $241 mill, and uh, it's got the stainless steel upgrade and the shaft upgrade just for Bevo, I'm told. Shaft! And uh, we'll be giving that away tonight. It's a $5 per raffle ticket. Just hit the Donate button on our Donate page. Uh, so if you donate 20 bucks, we'll enter your name for Four times. Uh, five if I'm the one doing the adding. Um, so hope- Two if Chad is. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, we'll be, you can do that all the way up until 7.30. And that's because uh, Fred Francis was generous enough to donate one of his products to us uh, to give to you. And had the fabulous idea that uh, we donate, uh, that, that we raffle it and make a little bit of money for the BN. And I really appreciate that again, Fred. Not a problem. I'm glad to do it for sure. Last couple questions from the chat here were actually about storing grain, which I think we should do uh, just, you know, while Fred's still on the phone, because it's one of the reasons we we talked about why you should own your own mill. Um, So people asked, hey, what's the best way to store uncrushed grains? And JP, Tasty, any of you guys, Fred, uh, that do that, if you want to talk about the way you store it and good ways to keep it last a while, go ahead. Um, well, all I can say is whatever you use, you, you better make it airtight. <laughs> I had a I had a bag of Durst Pilsner malt that sat in my kitchen one time, and uh, it was it was open. You know, I hadn't used it all yet, and uh, it came down with a bad case of the grain bugs. Oh yeah. And I had grain bugs. Oh God! I, I had grain bugs in my bathroom. I had grain bugs in the kitchen. Ooh. I had grain bugs in the living room. I had them everywhere. And every time they? the wife saw one, it was like, ah, you know, ah, curse you and your grain, you know. Uh, so, are those just little um, black? The little weevils, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, grain oh yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Nasty. They're horrible. We brewed with it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and we drank that shit. <laughs> they didn't need too much of that starch. <laughs> yeah, it'll get you drunk. And, uh, but no, there's. Um, I, I've seen on um, on the forums there's guys that have these um, like pails that have like a screw-on lid that they use to keep like dry chemicals in them. You can get uh, you can get those if you if you want to keep a lot of grain, you can get like a plastic fifty-five barrel uh, fifty-five fifty-five gallon drums and stuff like that. Whatever you find, you know, it needs to have an airtight lid on it. That's the biggest thing. And if you get, if you're really anal, you can purge it with, with, uh, with I guess with CO2 or something like that. You know, to to keep it even longer if you don't get in it very often. But yeah, uh, it needs to be airtight just to keep the bugs in if you have any. Because I mean, every grain has, all grain has bugs in it. Yep. It's just oh, whether okay. they're alive or not. You know. So. Exactly. And, and yeah, it, you know, if if you're not if you're not going to go through 50 pounds of, of malt in six months or a year don't get it 
Really? Yeah. Th- that yeah. was another question was yeah. kind of the shelf life of it, and you're saying six months. Because, like Fred's saying, all, all grain is pretty much inherently has these little weevils in them. Okay. Uh, the eggs, I think. I'm not really all that clear how to, how, you know, how, how it goes. But we've had them at more beer several mm. times. Okay. Um, and it's just, it's just because we'll, we'll get a shipment in and we'll be packaging it up and, you know, it'll be on the shelf and, you know, a week later we'll have these. Mm. And it's like, what? So obviously, who we were getting from wasn't turning around enough, and it just this kind of it's it, like beer crabs. It's it is like beer crabs. Yeah, you, you don't know you have it, and then suddenly, oh, you know, you got to make that phone call. Like, hey, look, I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah, you might want to check yeah. downstairs. So, well, it sounds like I too have made bug beer. Yeah. <laughs> is that right? I didn't know after that story. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you'll know it because like, I thought it was a tannin issue, but it must be the, it, yeah, it's beer the, the legs must be yeah. like a, the, you know like that. I mean, you you know you you'll you look at the thing, you'll see it. we haven't had it in six years, seven years because we're we just turn around so much. But okay. we've we've had it a couple times. It just it just happens. I mean, even the malters get it. It just it so happens. you would say. I mean, it's six months ish. Is a is a turnaround time for us? Uh, yeah, I, I would say just just from freshness, but um, you know, I, I I don't know at what point the weevils start coming if they, if they will at all. Oh, okay. You know, I'm not I'm unsure about anytime. that, but yeah, anytime, yeah. I see. And yeah. that's the ceiling. So it needs to be you know as airtight as possible. It sounds like yeah, uh, yeah, baseballs. Yeah. yeah, they suck okay. to get rid of. I had them at my house. You did not in beer, but just in like. Flour. Crabs or weebles? We not crabs. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know where Sam's been. Yes, yeah, they do. Your, With Terrence. They'll get in your cornflakes, they'll get in your sugar, they'll get in your cornmeal, they'll get in they'll get in everything in your cabinet, your food cabinet. Underwear drawer. Everything. Get in the gap. Okay. Yeah, they'll get in everything. <laughs> Clog your gap. Okay, uh, I do have to get we got Gordon Strong lined up. I've got a last question for you from the listeners. Um, it's a question I expected. Uh Never mind that you're giving away a mill. We, uh, us homebrewers, are always looking for a bargain. So the question yeah. that came through from the AKA listeners, cheap ass. <laughs> yeah, you can say it, Bevo. I, I say bargain. Um, someone asked in the chat room, uh, "Hey, if we don't win the raffle tonight, is there a BN discount on any of the mills?" I'm sorry, I have to ask you. It's in it's in my chat room. Hmm. Oh man! Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to hold it against you if you say no. I gave you fuckers a mill. <laughs> yeah, you guys. Um, we understand. But I, I have I'll to you, ask. You, you know, in my defense, margins on mills are are almost none. Okay. Um, I mean, that's why I can't sell the dealers hardly because that's why you know B three or more, you know. People aren't interested in them because, you know... Their margins are even there's smaller. There's not enough room for a middle guy, you know, so yeah. the, the margins are tight. Okay. Um, but, you know, if, uh, you know, one of the things you can do, if you and a buddy want to uh, to get a mill and you live close together, you know, you can order two at a time and save on shipping, you know. Uh, or if... Uh, now, I've done stuff for uh, clubs, you know, if you've got 10 or 15 guys that, you know, can take a bulk order, you know, yeah, I'll cut you a deal. Just shoot me an email and... We could talk about it. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I have to make it up on volume if I give a discount. So, sure. you know, if you've got a brew club that wants to do it, you know, shoot me an email. Or, you know, you can always do two at a time and send them to one address and, you know, save the shipping and stuff. So that's, right. uh, that's an easy way to do it. That's fair enough to me. You can go to monsterbrewinghardware.com and check these out. Fred, you want to give out your email or can they just find it on the website? 
you know, there's links on the mail there on the um, on the page. There's also a, a contact form you could fill out, and you know, send the uh, that will email directly to me. But my email address is uh, info at monsterbrewinghardware.com. There you go. That'll go directly to me. Okay, and uh, you know, I just want to I want to thank you again for coming on the show and talking about it. We've actually never done a mill mm. topic, so no. I, I appreciate that. And uh, really, donating the mill uh, above and beyond, I do appreciate that. And I think that some listener today is going to be very happy when they find out they've got their own uh, monster Stoked. mill. It's high quality stuff. Uh, I can tell, even though I don't know what I'm talking about, that it's high quality stuff. JP uh, does know what he's talking about, a little and, you, bit. and you like this thing. Yeah, I do. Um, so you can donate between now and seven thirty. It's five dollars in entry. Uh, so just hit the donate button on our homepage. There's a one-time donation thing, and uh, we'll be raffling it off at the end of the program. Fred Francis, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show with us. Hey, thank you very much. Hey, can I give a shout out to my my buddies in the uh, South Atlanta homebrewers? They they said, uh, you know, give us a shout out and say tell tell everybody that Doc's a dick. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> then, oh, uh, I wish Doc was here. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that, but that's what they told him to say. So, no, no, we uh, would say it. You, you can't say that. <laughs> Yeah, take it back. <laughs> yeah. I will. I'll relay the message. I see Doc in the morning, and uh, I'll even say it's from me. How about that? Yeah. And from the uh, from your, no, your it's, brewers it's in the all south. Good, man. I really appreciate you guys having me on. It was great. <laughs> no worries, brother. And I appreciate the donation because uh, it will help the BN out a lot, and uh, uh, that means a lot to me. So I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Thank Fred Francis, everybody. Thanks, Fred. We'll talk to you later. All right, thanks. Okay, you can go to monsterbrewinghardware.com and check out what we're talking about. We've got the three-roller mill here. Uh, you can thank Fred for donating that to you uh, and, and in, in, in that sense, donating it to us because uh, he didn't ask for any of the revenue or any of the profits. He just said, you know, I hope you guys can do well. It was his idea. And uh, you can thank Shat for being the middleman. Oh. He uh, likes to be in the middle. As you Sandwich. Yeah. It's a little Shat sandwich with the mill here. Yeah. yeah. I think Sam's the getting laid tonight. All this shaft talk. All the shaft and gap <laughs> and mounting and all that. Bevo, yeah. Bevo over there. She was liking that interview. Yeah. Don't be so sure. Oh. <laughs> I think Terrence is getting so laid tonight <laughs> with all the shaft talk. Oh, snap. <laughs> all right. A quick break. When we come back, Gordon Strong. The fun just keeps going. Gordon Strong, he's the director of the BJCP. He's also uh, Mr. Ninkasi 2008. So if you've got questions about good beer or beer style guidelines, he's the guy to ask. And he's on the show with us when we come back. MonsterBrewingHardware.com. Everybody, send your donations. you got till 730, and we're going to be raffling off this mill tonight before the show's over. Hang in there. Be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. This August, every member of the Brewing Network Army will brew strong. In 2005, the Brewing Network brought you the first live three-hour-long beer radio show all about home brewing. In 2006, the Brewing Network brought you The Jamil Show and changed the face of home brewing competitions forever. This year, the Brewing Network will change homebrewing again. Homebrewing experts Jamil Zanishev and John Palmer team up to bring you the ultimate live homebrewing radio show, Brew Strong. Stay tuned. 
What's good for the earth, good for your body, and great for your brew? Organic Ingredients. This October, the Organic Ingredient Experts Seven Bridges Co-op in awesome Santa Cruz, California, hosts the second annual Organic Home Brew Challenge. All ingredients must be organic. Entries will be accepted September 1st through October 10th. Judging October 19th will be followed by an organic Oktoberfest for all participants, customers, and guests at Gordon Biersch Brewery and Restaurant in downtown San Jose, including a specially brewed Gordon Biersch Organic beer. For more information, contest rules and guidelines, visit breworganic.com slash competition. And if you're looking for organic ingredients, Seven Bridges offers a huge selection of USDA certified kits and raw ingredients from 8 ounces to 50 pound sacks of grain, whole and pellet hops, and all the equipment you'll need. Seven Bridges, the organic homebrew experts since 1997. Visit www.breworganic.com and enter the 2008 Organic Homebrew Challenge. Did you know that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad-shot, venti, extra-hot, soy milk, triple-pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in Pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as seven cents a day. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jamil Show and Yes even that other show. Thank you for listening, and please sign up for your donation at thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate today. White Labs is a leader in pure yeast and fermentation services, serving the beer, wine, and distilling industries from worldwide producers for more than a decade. White Labs has three all-new vials for you to pitch this year, home brewers, so fire up your kettles, fill up your fermenters, and get ready for Cry Havoc, the signature yeast strain from Charlie Papazian. This yeast can ferment both ales and lagers and is great for bottle conditioning, too. Second, a cream ale blend of ale and lager yeast strains. This blend creates a clean crisp, light American lager-style ale. Last, a Belgian-style Saison ale yeast blend. This blend melds Belgian-style ale yeast and Saison strains to create complex, fruity aromas and flavors. Get complete fermentation quickly with this blend's spicy, earthy, and clove-like flavors. White Labs, your brewing partner for great yeast. These new strains are available now for home brewers, breweries, and homebrew shops everywhere. White Labs, it's all in the vial. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Welcome back to the program, everybody. It's uh, the session live from Pacheco. Never thought you'd hear that in show business, did you? Live from <laughs> with, with such enthusiasm and I hope that if ever, you know, anybody listens to the program on a large scale, 
Like larger than now. You know what I'm saying? Like mainstream. Not like weight, Large but shaft. like population. I hope that we're still in Pacheco. <laughs> like I hope that some major network or you know, satellite company or something yeah. has to has to be like, you know, syndicated live from Pacheco. Yeah. We'd have homes like somewhere cool like Portland and fly down <laughs> just to do it in Pacheco. Just to do the show. I think it's our thing. It's our it's our hood. Yeah. <laughs> this is our hood. It's a lot of other people's hood too. Let me tell yeah. you. I gotta put those it's just a hundred feet off High Street. <laughs> That's right. It, yeah, and he's not lying. We yeah. are I don't know why we've never mentioned that High Street is yeah, our we're it's on the, the corner we're on the corner of High and then the street that we're on, which we don't have to give away. I mean right. give it all away. Right down the street from Flame Drive. William might come over and kill us one day, you never know. <laughs> you don't know what's happening. All right, you can hit the donate button, uh, five bucks a raffle ticket, monsterbrewinghardware.com just uh, gave away a monster mill. It's a three roller stainless steel big shaft upgraded mill. And uh, for five bucks a raffle ticket, you can uh, uh, get a chance to win it. We're giving it away on tonight's program. Yeah, get a get a couple tight gaps in your life. As this a, thing's sweet, man. It's an adjustable gap. I mean, some of you have yeah. to pay surgeons uh, yeah. lots and lots of money in the aftermath <laughs> to get that gap back to where you want it. Yep, that's true. This gap, turn a couple screws. You dial it in. Done. I don't even know what you're talking about, but you oh, I didn't don't think really you were want listening. to. <laughs> but you're pretty sure it's jacked up. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's bad, but I, I don't know. It's all about peace and love and energy. It's fine. Yeah. And, and so top and bottom up. Yeah. I don't really want to know. I like All right. things that I don't know. On the program with us right now, Mr. Ninkasi, 2008. Gordon Strong. I've been wanting to talk to the guy for uh, quite a while. He's a good dude and a, apparently a hell of a brewer. He's the president of the BJCP. Gordon, what's happening? How you doing, Justin? I'm doing, doing great. I'm doing good. I got some tool lined up for you, man. Yeah, Gordon has his own theme music. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, no. I got some tool lined up for you. Oh! <laughs> oh very nice. nice. Good thinking. Uh, see, now... Yeah, I feel... the guys in the chat room wouldn't let me add it. Uh, let you get one in on me first. No. <laughs> Gordon, I actually feel uncomfortable about that. You're going to be hearing from my attorney. <laughs> yeah. I personally think that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's still room for one and more in the backyard. <laughs> I really just want to... I love Tool rocks. I just kind of want to rock out for a second. Yeah, it takes a while for If you don't know this tune, it's Sober by Tool. Yeah, I don't know. We're not actually playing it on the program, but since we're playing it, download it. It's a good album. You're not a Tool fan, JP? No. That's because you're a sissy boy. Yeah. <laughs> what? It doesn't talk about, like, I don't know, stupid things enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> I listen to your ween and everything else you like it. Well, I, I like some hard things, you know, that talks about life the way it is on the streets. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I just uh, I just never got into it. I didn't like the guy's voice, and it was just too... Oh, he's got a great voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, really like it. No, they, put on, my, they put on a really good show. It's yeah, not well, you've got to go listen to Prison Sex, then. Yeah, that's another good one. Tasty, you've been to a Tool oh, show? Oh, yeah, several of them. Oh, yeah. You're kidding me. Oh, yeah. I'm Tasty Rocks. Town, yeah. <laughs> You're so cool, Tasty. Isn't he? Look at these guys. Gordon yeah, and Tasty, head. big tool heads. Yeah. <laughs> ah, very nice. Well, Gordon, I got to meet you in Cincinnati this year and was happy to do so finally. We've known about you. And, I actually uh, bumped into you in Denver. Uh, I was drunk then. Jim, that doesn't Jimmy count. Jimmy No, so was I. Oh. I was the guy with a cane. <laughs> oh, really? I do remember that, that. yeah. <laughs> Actually, now I do remember. Well, yeah, thanks so for coming on the show. Don't say bourbon or barrel, okay? I was just going to ask about that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Fair enough. No, it was a it was oh, a brewing injury. 
read all about it in Synergy. I, <laughs> you know what? My my uh, hungover clarity is coming back now. I do remember this story and meeting you and and uh, Jamil yeah. introducing you that way too. Yeah, flaming bungholes are bad for you. Flaming bung- <laughs> Stay away. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah. Uh, usually a shower takes care of that, but this is something else. Mm. <laughs> or some ointment. It's a whole other thing. Hey, uh, congratulations on your Ninkasi. Well, thanks a lot, man. That was, uh, it was a real surprise. It was a five-way tie this year, so um, a lot of people were bringing it. Yeah, yeah that, and that I actually thought was amazing. I don't know if that's ever happened before. Do you know, Gordon? No, never. no, no. I think... I think there might have been a. I think there might have been a tie between two people before. Okay. There never five. A five-way uh, tie. The, well, the the total points that won in Kazi this year was uh, the lowest it's been in a while. I see. Because you know, Jamil usually goes up there looking like Michael Phelps. So yeah, uh, true. You know, so hot. You know, two two golds was what I got. Um, but um, like Joe Foreman, I got three silvers, and Kurt and Kathy Stock had four medals. So I mean, there there was some good competition there. Yeah, sure was. Yeah, the usual suspects uh, were kind of you know low. I think right. Well, Foreman X uh, got two Ninkazis just yeah. like Jamil. You know, yeah. so yeah. you can never count him out. Kurt Stocks, uh, Kurt and Kathy are a mead maker of the year a couple of years back. Right, That's right. And Jeff Carlson was in there, who's a cider maker of the year several so. times. See, so. It was serious competition. <laughs> there really was. And this is why I like to talk to guys like you, Gordon, on the program, because, and we've mentioned this before, you know, there's a reason that those guys are there time and time again. Uh, uh, Jamil and, and other guys will talk about the luck that's involved, and I think everybody can agree with that. But there is obviously an amount of skill that is involved in certain techniques that you guys all have down to be there year in and year out. And by the way, Gordon, it sounded like you said, uh, uh, I only got two golds. Uh, two golds in the NHC. Come on. That's that's pretty important. No, I didn't mean it that way. I meant in comparison with what has won in Kazi before. I I'm, see. I'm thrilled to get these. Last year I got one silver and was happy to get that. So, What happened? So the five-way tie, and, and then what did they do to decide who got it? Yeah, so I didn't even know the rules. I was, <laughs> I was sort of joking. Uh, it was whoever wrote Charlie the biggest check. And, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, and you know, it was probably pretty close because it was whoever got the the most number of points from the first round was the tiebreaker. Uh. So I don't, I don't know what the other people did, but I, I sent seven beers and three meads on from the first round. Okay, that's that a decent check. Yeah, yeah, that is a decent check and uh, a lot of points. Yeah. So you end yeah. up. See. Is this your first Ninkasi, Gordon? Oh yeah, I've only entered the I've only entered the nationals the last two years. Oh, I, I've okay. been judge, I've been judging it like forever, but um, I never really entered. Okay. So, yeah, uh, you put your money where your mouth was, and you won. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Well, you know, people start throwing down, so, <laughs> so you know, you gotta you gotta stand your ground. You huh? gotta get some street cred. You gotta bring it. Yeah. There yeah. you go. I like how we're talking street with Gordon Strong right now. Hey. They were all front up in my shit, and I'm like, bitch, step off, pump your brakes, slow your roll. And I won. It was great. Yeah. Uh, right. Where's I mean, all I can think of is right. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. sir. Chat, you hear that? Two years he's been entering and got his Ninkasi. So listen. Next year's my year. Listen, buddy. You're coming up here. If not, you're out. All right. <laughs> I'll see Nkasi out of you soon. Well, that also yeah, I mean, means... I've been, I've been brewing from for like 
12, 13 years, though. Mm. So, um, oh, well. well, that also means his first year he won. You said you won a silver, right, Gordon? So your first year yeah. you get stuff go through and you win. That's impressive. Yeah, That's just great. yeah. I mean, the the deal was I, I hate to ship my beer because your beer goes downhill every time you put it in a hot truck and drive it across the country. So. Um, yeah, yeah. That's one reason I never entered, and uh, you know, people like I said, people were throwing down, and so I said, "Okay, fine, I'll do it." And uh, but for first and second round, both last year and this year, I drove my beers. Okay, <laughs> that, that probably has <laughs> you like that. So um, yeah, I mean, they, like drove from Ohio to Denver last year with them. Did you really? That's actually that's funny cool. story. The um, one of the one of my goals this year was this. Um, Colonial Stock Ale thing. I took it, I took the, my only keg of that to Denver last year and served it at club night. <laughs> you slackers didn't drink it, so like I dragged it back to Ohio yeah. and entered it this year and it won. Oh, good! <laughs> oh, thanks to the slackers. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, there's so much beer at those events that it's it's hard. Oh yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what you get for bringing a full keg. Yeah, you don't need much of any one thing. Gordon, no, will, no. will you be coming uh, to our hood for NHC yeah. 2009? I wouldn't miss it. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. And are you going to enter? Going to defend? Uh, <laughs> you got to defend. Oh, probably, probably. Sure. And so, are you are you going to drive? I might, not, I might not enter as many, but... Uh, You're not going to drive from Ohio, though. Uh... How long did it take you to drive to Denver? Is that like two days? Yeah, it can be done in less than two days if you uh, if you're a mile. Don't sleep. If you're a mile, <laughs> it's sixteen hours straight. It's six. Yeah, it's about that's that's about right. About sixteen hours. Yeah, straight. my brother it was, drove. It was for like me. nineteen hours for me to get out there. So I'm thinking no. <laughs> yeah, that's a long, long drive. Yeah, ship your beer. Just overnight it. Save up your dough. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, good. And then this, charge, this it, charge it to Jamil's gold card. There you go. He's got to have oh, one of those. That right? thing's black by now. Oh, yeah. I think he has a black card. Really? No. Yeah. Come on. We don't. Stealth. We don't yeah. know anybody with a black card, no. JP. We don't mingle with those people. You have to spend two hundred fifty grand a year. Good lord. To get a black on card. shipping beer. Yeah, on shipping beer. Yeah. Well, if anyone could do it, Jamil would. <laughs> yeah. Tasty has a, a green card. <laughs> yeah, very green. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's lucky because some guys were looking for him, I heard. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and the other half of that uh, are you coming to NHC question from the listener is, uh, since you're coming out here for the NHC, will you be coming to the uh, the Brewing Network uh, fourth anniversary party, which is the same week? It's the same week? Yeah, we're doing it the same week. Dude, I'm there. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. I think, because you're a BJ, well, we're going to talk about this, but uh, you organized the competition as well in Ohio, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I was the second round uh, organizer and judge director both. Okay. So I'm sure that your assistance will be, re- uh, uh, you know, required earlier in the week out here. And I think we're doing, don't quote me on this, listeners, but it, it, it sounds like we're doing a Tuesday night anniversary yeah. party out here. So, Gordon, you might be out here a couple days early. Oh, that'll right? be sweet. Yeah. Oh, I'll... You know, I'll, I'll, I'll get some extra time. There we go. Very nice. We're going to do that. So one of the things, uh, just a couple of credentials about uh, Gordon here, in case uh, you guys don't know who he is. Uh, he's the president of the uh, Beer Judge Certification Program, so he has a lot to do with those style guidelines that Jamil talks about uh, every other week on his show and that we talk about on here. Um, he revised and updated the style guidelines last year. We're going to talk about that with him. Uh, technical editor of a couple of our favorite books we, that uh, one of them we mention a lot around here, uh, Wild Brews and Radical Brews. Brewing, 
Uh, Dr. Yep. Scott's favorite book, Gordon, I don't know if you know, is Radical Brewing. He loves that book. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, he, he does love Radical Brewing. Uh, Designing Great Beers, actually, is his favorite one. I, I'm mixing that up. But he loves Radical Brewing. Wild Brews is one of my favorite books. Yep. Not because I've brewed any of them yet. I've been too lazy. But I do love the book. It's just a well-written book. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What does it mean but, to be a technical editor of that? Well, that means the uh, the author sends you the manuscript uh, when it's in draft form, and you have to go, uh, you know, they make any sort of technical claim, and you have to go see if they're right or not. Okay. So it's it's checking, you know, it's, it's you know, imagine if, like what you guys do on the show. I mean, if somebody came in and said, I wrote this book, well, let me tell you about it. Yeah. And everybody starts ragging on your ass about, like, no, you got this wrong, you got this wrong, fix this. Uh, that's pretty much what it's like. I see. So it's like every day of my life. Yeah. Yeah, there saying. you go. Yeah. It's all do-overs. <laughs> yeah, it's all do-overs. My life is full of mulligans. Fix <laughs> <Thanks> this. Of <laughs> uh, course, Gordon is a member of the St. Paul Homebrewers Club. Uh, which and uh, the president of the St. Paul. Oh, oh press. Yeah, really? give him his due title, man. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 2008 elected me last year so uh, <laughs> did they re- 2008 homebrew club of the year the St. Paul Homebrewers Club a little congratulations yeah, to, yeah, really, yeah. to Gordon and his club for that they defended uh, it was that a, was that a two year in a row? I think so, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, then you were the club to unseat Quaff from their reign of terror. That was that. I don't even know how long that went on for. Oh, I think they had it for something like seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a they had a strong run. I mean, I think they won it the first year. It was in uh, L.A., which was 2001. Right. Okay. So 2001 through 2006. Gotcha. And then you guys won it in 07. Yep. Nah, not so, bad. So, Gordon, what was St. Paul doing all that time that Quaff was number one? What did you guys, <laughs> yeah, what you guys you? do? Have like a divine inspiration of some sort? or Training well, in recruiting. Well, if you went back and looked at it, um, um, sort of moved up the ranks every year. Um, yeah, yeah. That's sort of how I got into it. it was, I think it was in Baltimore. I think they came in uh, fourth at the time. Fourth. I wasn't a member of the club then. But I was hanging out with those guys at the uh, at the Nationals, right. and they said, "Hey, if you want to sit here at our table and drink our mead, you better join the club." And <laughs> then that, that then that be, that became you better enter. Yeah. Oh, I see. Then it became then you better medal. <laughs> right. That's good. Well, I bet they're glad to have you. Well, I am seeing a pattern, aren't we here? So uh, Gordon starts entering two years ago. And that's when uh, St. Paul starts winning. You put them you over the top. The, you, you, you were the ringer. You look, at the number of people, you look at the number of people in that club that got medals, particularly in the second round. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah. It was like something like 10 people got medals in the second round. I, yeah. was, I was stunned. Well, I'm not saying that you did it single-handedly, but you, it seems to me that you were sort of the, the weight that just pushed the roller coaster over the hill. You see. No, actually, actually, both years, if I, if I hadn't entered at all, they still would have won. Oh, is that right? So, so I, I don't, I don't want to imply that at all. I'd lie about there's, that if I were you. There, there, yeah, you, nah, I, I don't need to look. Your PR manager won't like that. Yeah. I was going to say I don't need to pay for it, and I don't need to lie about it. I see. Yeah. <laughs> no. We can't all be Gordon. Okay? Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> Some of us have to pay for everything. Yeah, yeah I think Justin you. needs more than you're thinking of. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you live in California. I live in Ohio. So there you go. Nah, that's a good point. <laughs> All right, I do have uh, some questions for you, and 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 I, I want you, if you can, uh, you know, 
be as specific as possible, all right? Because I think that there are a few things that a brewer does that's able to win something like Ninkasi, that's able to make enough beers that place well enough to, to win an award. There are some things in your process that uh, you're probably very consistent with, that you probably pay a lot of attention to, and that maybe you could attribute to your success in terms of winning medals. And that's the kind of stuff our listeners really want to hear about, uh, even if it's just the tiniest of things that you can think of. Uh, I think that award-winning brewers like you have a few tricks up their sleeve, and that's what we like to hear. Yeah, and it's, it's the kind of things Jamil often talks about. I mean, you um, you brew to style, you brew clean. Um, you know, there are there are a lot of people that make really good beers, so there is a luck element. I mean, yeah, you have to be sort of um, in the crowd that can that can make consistent world class beers, but beyond that, you know, winning the medals becomes somewhat of a crapshoot. So, I mean, I'd say know your system, um, you know, understand how all the all the materials that go in, all the process tweaks you use, how that affects the final beer. But you have to you have to sort of visualize the the end result before you start. You know, sort of golfers talk about that. You know, you sort of see the shot. Um, yeah. You have you have to you have to have that final style in mind. Okay. And you build your recipe there, and you and you and you and you control every part of your process. I'm sort of like the anti Charlie Papazian. You know, it's like you don't relax and don't worry and have a homebrew. I mean, that's, that's how you make beer, but that's not how you win medals. Get freaking focused. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Focus. I mean, every everything you do, you know, pay attention. You know, don't screw it up. Do it right. Do it the way you know how to do it. Don't cut corners. And um, you know, a lot of people make really good beers. So, you know, you make a good beer, but then you have to get it to the competition. And, you know, that's where I really try to focus. Um, I keg my beer. Um, a lot of my needs I keep in carboys around forever um, because I don't like committing them to a bottle when, you know, they might still get adjusted. Okay. So, you know, if you have a lot of beers and you brew different batches, you can blend. So taste your beer before you send it in. And if it's not... You know, look at the style guidelines and think about how a judge is going to review your beer. I mean, I think that's really what I think about. If I didn't know what this is and somebody parked it in front of me and said, judge it as this, um, you know, what would I think? Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm sort of assuming that if you're considering entering it, you don't have technical faults. So, I mean, let's factor that out. So it all comes down to how well does it nail the style. So think about what a judge, and, and here's where being a judge really helps. I mean, think about what the judge is really going to look for, and then try to adjust your beer so that it winds up that way. I mean, it's great if you can do that, like, straight out of the chute and brew it that way, but sometimes you've got to tweak it a little as you go along, and, you know, there's no there's no shame in that. Um, the two beers of mine that won golds, so, you know, went in as is, uh, mm, but okay. some of the ones that won in the first round were, were certainly blended and tweaked. And, of course, uh, if you're not a, a kegging brewer, then you don't have that option so much. No, no. But, you know, that's all part of learning your process. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And and that actually, so we, I want to know a little bit more about your system and, and your process. Uh, uh, what do you brew on? How, how much are you brewing? Things like that. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a half-barrel, three-vessel um, uh, system from Pico Brewing in uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan. They, uh, uh, you know, it's three kegs and it has two pumps. Okay. Um, so you know, you got the idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Is it and, uh, uh, is on a stand? Just out of curiosity, so we can geek out. No, I mean they're they're on like they're on three burners, and okay. they're all on the same level. But you know, I use the pumps to move things around, so okay. you know, I don't have to lift things up high. Great. Um, so they're you know three in a row, and um, so that's pretty much what I use, and I've been using that for jeez. Oh, Eight years, maybe. Okay, and you ferment in carboys, or yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Be fermented in my shiny new more beer <laughs> conkle. Ah, that's <laughs> right. What uh, they always always give one away for Ninkasi. What did you get? Got the the, the seven gallon uh, conkle. Okay, ah. so uh, so you can do I'll half of your it. of your of your batch in it. Well, I, I usually make five gallon batches. Oh, um, even even okay. on the even on the fifteen gallon system. There you go, great. Because I, I like the variety. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, if it's brewing for quantity, you know, sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I've, you know party or something going on, but um, usually I, I, I like having the I like having the variety of styles. Mm-hmm. How often do you brew? Oh, it depends on the season. I mean, last week last week we had a break in the weather here. It it was um, you know in the uh, upper seventies, so I brewed like four times. Oh wow. <laughs> So I was all over it. <laughs> wow, that's um, making a lot of meat. So I, I mean, I probably I probably brew about as much as I judge, maybe fifteen, eighteen, twenty times a year. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a lot of brewing. It's a lot of judging, and a lot of judging. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well. How long have you been a BJCP judge? Uh, Eleven years. Eleven years. Okay. What's your took rank? The, took, took the exam in '97 at the conference. Oh, you did. Okay. Uh, it, what is your BJCP rank? I am a Grandmaster Five. <laughs> ah, one of these guys with the big furry hat. <laughs> There's no six, is there? <laughs> yeah. Is there? Well, there. Yeah, you know, it's like black belt. You know, they just keep <laughs> adding them on the end. You do. I see. I mean, that's you know, it. you're like the top of the rung. Yeah, but I mean, anybody that's a master judge has the same sort of basic skill. They got the same test Experience. score. I mean, the Grandmasters just means that you know. I continue to do work for the BJCP, and I go to a lot of competitions. Okay. It doesn't mean I got a higher score or anything like that. So. All right. Uh, this may be a dumb question, but, you know, I'm good at that anyway. So uh, you've been doing it for 11 years. Do you still enjoy judging? I mean, is it still a, uh, is it still new to you when you do it? You get to taste good things that you haven't tried before? Yeah. Yeah, especially, you know, uh, if you get to judge in the second round, which is... You know the the shame in having to organize this year is they didn't get to judge. It's the first time in uh, I don't know how long I didn't get to judge in the second round. But I mean, there's some awesome beers there. And if you really want good ideas in the second round, you need to judge like one of the specialty categories. You know, because people there have some really good ideas, and all uh, and all the sort of bad ideas have been kicked out. <laughs> so the ones that get sent on really work. Okay. That makes so sense. that's a lot of fun if you're a judge. Yeah, I think that, that that actually would be fun getting to try some of these unique things. Do you think that you have? Uh, and we're gonna. I got to take a break first before we get really into it. But we are going to talk about the BJCP guidelines and how that uh, you know you help revise and update those guidelines. Uh, do you feel that that gives you kind of an advantage? I mean, you're talking about how you, and I don't mean an unfair advantage. I'm not implying anything. But one thing you talked about was, hey, when you're when you're making a beer for competition, you should think about how it's going to be judged, and you should think Absolutely. about how it's going to be judged as a style. Well, it, it sounds to me like you more than anybody know about those styles, it, having written them. Yeah, but um, you know, it's not like. Uh you need a secret handshake or anything. You go sure. to www.bjcp.org yeah. and download a copy 
So, I mean, anybody can read them. I mean, yeah. I'm looking at them from the eyes of your average judge. Right. You know, I'm not the one who's judging them. <laughs> no, and I All agree. The, I just think the people I, in the chat room are judging them. <laughs> I almost think it's more of an example of that an intimate relationship with those guidelines helps you win competitions uh, because you know you obviously re- you know those guidelines inside. You know, and I bet out. I bet Jamil will tell you the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think he would you know, too. If you if you look at it closely and actually understand, if you read them, that's one thing. But if you understand what the guidelines mean yeah. in the context of being a judge, right. I do think that helps you. So, if you want to be a better brewer, you know you ought to be a judge. Yeah, you know, go judge other people's beer. Don't just judge your own beer. Get out. You know, the more you can get out of your, you know, your local habit. Get out of your, you know, drinking your beers, your club's beers, your area's beers. Go around to different regions. Try other people's beers. You know, shake it up. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, try different things. What about beers that you brew for yourself? Uh, you know, it's for you to have and enjoy around the house. Do you do you worry about style guidelines? Then do you reference them? Then or do you just kind of go crazy? Well, I mean, um, there there's some oddball beers that I make for um, you know sort of festival kind of things that I go to. I make this actually the recipes in Radical Brewing. It's the chai tea brown ale thing that i make ah, all right. um you know i don't really like entering that in competition because it's you know it's, it's just sort of a fun beer okay but um you know trying to i mean the randy's radical brewing book i read that book when i was editing it and i sent him the recipe because i said yeah i mean you, you talked about like have an idea for your beer and you know i had like a panera chai latte one day and i'm like <laughs> wow that's really good I'd, you know that'd be really good as a beer yeah so you know, went and just started messing with it, and you know, so that that's sort of a fun thing. But you know, not everybody sort of gets that, right? But when I brew, I mean, you know, you do something, do it right. So you know, if I'm going to take the time to spend you know four or five hours brewing, I'm you know, I'm going to be brewing to style. Okay. Yeah. See, with me, I actually I really like the style guidelines. I like classic beers. I like tradition. So I enjoy that. But I think. If I knew more about uh, designing recipes and things like that, I'd be doing some some crazy beers. But sort of building up that resume for myself, the resume in my brain that uh, that gets me to know the ingredients, I'm sticking yeah. to the styles all the time. But you got to respect the fundamentals. I mean, that's you know, if, you know, there's all sorts of sports analogies about that. But you know, yeah. sort of my favorite one is sort of the guitar analogy. Is uh, you know. Some somebody picks up a guitar and the first thing they want to do is say like I want to play the solo to Sweet Child of Mine. Freebird. Like, say, <laughs> no. Um, if, you, if, if you don't know the, if you don't know the chords to Smoke on the Water, you can't play the solo to Sweet Child of Mine. Right. So you know, first things first. Yeah. So before you run off and try to make the you know bourbon barrel imperial tea bag cranberry ice box with seven strains of brett you know maybe you ought to learn how to make an american pale ale first <laughs> yeah so, just to dial in your hardware you know yeah exactly yeah i mean you know figure out figure out how to brew you know get the basics down before you start improvising yeah well otherwise I, how are you, you going to know what you're riffing on if uh you know, if the fundamentals aren't sound. Agreed. I I entirely agree with you. And I think there's something to be said for, I mean, you said you've been brewing on your system that you have now for eight years. And uh, we yeah, up, we upgrade our system all the time, uh, just getting to somewhere we want to be. I have a feeling that we'll be with our current system for quite a while. But you know that. Th- I mean, eight years of brewing on it, you know exactly uh, what you're going to get out of it every single time. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, you go back and you look at your recipes, too. I mean, you don't even have to stick it in ProMash or anything like that. Say, you know, if I want a beer of this gravity, like flip back through the recipes and said, okay, how many pounds do I need to get something of this gravity because I've brewed something like this before? Yeah. So. Wow. What were your two uh, gold medals that you got at NAC this year? What were those beers? Yeah, they were, they were, uh, they came at the end. So <laughs> it was uh, in the smoke category. I had a smoked Weizenbach. Okay. And uh, in the specialty category, I had a uh, colonial stock ale with molasses and spruce tips. Ah, interesting. It was actually the Ben Franklin's ale um, yeah. thing from Big Brew two years ago. Right, I remember that. That was, yeah. a, that was a big thing. Okay, wow. But, so both of you know, I took I took that idea and uh, I, I changed it around because the original recipe didn't call for spruce. He talked about it in his article, but uh, <laughs> you know, I thought that sounded cool, and I got some spruce trees in my backyard, so I just went for it. That's a great idea. Uh, did you feel those two were your strongest beers? Some people win with beers nope. that they didn't think were strong. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I had. Uh, I mean, I would have thought two of my needs would have done better than this. I, I had probably four or five beers that I thought were better than these. Okay. So I mean, you never know. I mean, that's that's the that's that's the crapshoot part, and. You know, the only way to deal with that is, you know, either, you know, you enter the competition year after year and hope you get lucky on your one beer, or you enter a lot of beers and, yeah. you know, you know, maybe you get a good combination of judges that, um, you know, see it the way you see it. Yeah. I also think it's interesting that you're, you know, you're, you're entering old beers uh, in terms oh, of... yeah, yeah. Know, yeah, that's a, uh, a lot of people, I got to brew for NHC this year. Well, maybe you already brewed for NHC this year. <laughs> he well, didn't even know I, it. I re-brew, yeah. I rebrewed some of the smaller beers, but um, you know the you know the stock ale thing was like you know eight percent, and the, the you know the Weizenbach was sort of big. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rebrew those things and yeah. you know give somebody something really hot. You know that would just uh, that would just be nasty. All right, it'd be like me giving them beer, just, <laughs> or you right. giving them something hot. <laughs> no, I mean that, that that's that's the cool thing about kegging. I mean, you you store your beer and you taste it over time, and you try to you try to understand when when your different brews are peaking. Yeah, and then and then you know that that's sort of another sort of tip for first round at least is to you know try to get your beers in that zone. Um, you know when competition comes around and play in your brewing out in advance. Like you know I can tell you I'm making some I'm making some meads right now with the eye for uh, next year. Okay. You got a plan, you know. A lot yeah, of yeah. A, a lot of winners, uh, Tasty here included, and sure. of course Jamil, uh, John Plissay, all of them plan. You know this whole. Oh kind yeah. Of, uh, yeah, it was no accident that my IPA was eight weeks old when it was judged in the first round. Yeah, that was right. intentional. Yeah, I mean, I know some of you. Uh, uh, John Plissay uh, writes himself out a brew schedule. Yeah, he's back for the back, year. Go backwards on it, and right. he knows what day he's got to get that brewed so that it's freshest or aged just enough, and all of that. So. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's probably a bigger range than, you know, just knowing that it has to be in a certain day. I mean, I right. tend to think about it like, you know, I, I need to do something this month or this uh, half month or something like that. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, smaller beers, I mean, you can you can whip out and... Uh, you know, it's it's not that bad, but the the big ones. You, I mean, I had a I had a, like an English barley wine in there that was like seven years old. Wow. Uh. You know, you know, like it meddled last year, it meddled this year, and wow. didn't do any second round. But <laughs> advanced, huh? that's good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's interesting. And, and see, that's a good. That would be fun to me. I'm not that patient enough with. But we drink all our beer around here. But it would be interesting to me to see how a beer like that does from year to year. Because we all know that it ages and it changes, and we talk about that. But to find out how the judges perceive that beer year after year, that's fun. that would be fun to me. Um, 
you know, they say you did well last year, it did okay this year, it didn't make it the second round, but... Uh, it's sort of hard to enter them enough times to really get the sort of statistically valid sample. Yeah. You know, because, yeah. um, you know, that that's, that's the tough thing about winning a medal at the NHC. I mean, basically you have to make it through four rounds of judging. And any asshat in any round can kick your beer for, like, no good reason. Yeah. Right. So, you know, deal with it. <laughs> yeah. That 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 you know if you don't if you don't like those odds like don't play that game. Yeah, that's you know, it's, true. It's like the lottery. It's like they print the odds on the ticket. You know, if you choose to buy it after you know what the odds are, then you know that's up to you. Yeah. So same thing with the NHC. I mean, you have to understand how they're judged. I mean, you're going to go through two rounds and you're going to have a mini uh, BOS in each round. So that's rough. In the first round, in the first round, um, you know they do it with one bottle. So. <laughs> That's interesting, isn't it? Rough. Yeah, it is rough. Like, that's it. You get one shot. But yeah. you taste the beers in the second round, and, you know, some good ones are, you know, they're, they're getting passed on because the second round's a lot of fun. Yeah, see, so, as much as you know, we always promote... Judges in your area, bring them out. Take the test. Yeah. <laughs> and we do that. Like, we always promote, you know, become a judge. It'll help your brewing, and we also need judges. But I got to say, I only want to judge in the second round when all those beers are great. <laughs> well, they all aren't actually. I mean, yeah. you know, but they got to be pretty. I mean, they're the better ones, right? I mean, right. of all the competition, you've judged a few competitions, Tasty. Sure, it is it is a level up once you get to the second round. Oh yeah, for it? sure. Yeah, I've tasted the second round beers. You know, the extra ones that didn't make the uh, best of show round. I mean, you know, they're you could tell that they they didn't travel that well. And I think Gordon, uh, Gordon mentioned that that okay. he's not a big fan of shipping the beer, and I think it really does affect the homebrew quite a bit. I see. In fact, then. Cincinnati, I went and found, uh, I didn't get any f- first, so I found all three of my beers, the, the last bottle, and uh, the uh, fruit beer was really, you could tell it went off or something, it was oh. like, totally like dried out. And, like, that's, well, that's that's really useful if you go to the second round, is yeah. hunt down hunt yeah. down your beers, see how it travels. To try them and see, you yeah. know, for the people that say, oh, yeah, 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 you know, whatever, you can ship them, they'll be fine. Yeah. It's like, no, really, I mean, like I said, I was I was the one receiving the beers, and um, some of those days, it was like 95 when the UPS truck showed up. I see. You know, and if it shows up in the middle of the afternoon, you know, when do you think they loaded the truck that day? Right. You know, right. 6 a.m. Right. You know, and it's, you know, it's in a big metal box in 95-degree sun all yeah. day. Bounced around. I don't know, you know, I don't know what you call it in California, but I call that an oven. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. We call it winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Pacheco, that's nice. winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, I do have to take a quick break. We are talking to Gordon Strong here. He is the Ninkasi winner 2008 right here. Uh, he won in Cincinnati this year. And uh, just a nice uh, dude all around. We're going to be talking about BJCP guidelines when we come back. Viva, what do you got from the chat room there? Can we play something in Kasi Winner? Oh! Um, I don't know if we're going to have time. If we have time, yes, we can. Okay. But we're already giving away a, um, a, a, a mill. <laughs> I love him. Yeah, he's good. He, he's listened to this program before. Clearly. Either that or he just fits in with us idiots. Did my research. <laughs> I hope it's the first of the two. <laughs> You've only got about 20 minutes left to enter to win yourself a uh, Monster Brewing Hardware Mill. It's the Monster Mill. You can go to monsterbrewinghardware.com. 
Come check it out. It's a three-roller stainless steel upgraded shaft mill. Big it's, shaft. It's a $250 mill, but for a $5 donation, you get a raffle ticket. If you put in 20 bucks, you get four, etc., etc. It just depends on how many na- uh, times you want your name in that hat. When we take our final break, which is not this one, but the one after, uh, we will be drawing a name and figuring out who wins. So you got 20 more minutes to uh, put in your donations. Just do that and a uh, chance to win a mill. Gordon Strong, Mr. Ninkasi, 2008, is on the line with us. We're going to be talking about the BJCP guidelines when we come back. Uh, he helped. He's the president of the BJCP and helped uh, update and revise the guidelines just last year. So get your questions to Bevo in the chat. Hit the chat now button or call 888-401-BEER. It's the session. We'll be back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. <laughs> oh crap! It's the hop shortage. No, not the organic, free-range oyster Russian Imperial Coffee Stout. It's all gone. We'll never brew again. Damn this hop shortage! Damn it to hell! Oi! F- away off your wee f-ing hop shortage! F- who are you? A f***ing Scottish 80 shilling and you can't brew a Scottish 80 shilling like you was mixing f***ing cement with f***ing hops instead of gravel, you great f***ing ass. Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint, like the bloodthirsty and abusive Scottish 80 shilling. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate $7.99 shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits, $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage. My Lambic! It'll only f***ing help it. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And, and it's so. just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Welcome back to the program. It's the session, and we're talking to Nunkasi 2008 winner Gordon Strong. He's also the president of the uh, BJCP, which is uh, what we're going to do with you right now. Gordon, you still with us? I am here, Justin, ready to rock. I got my Surly Bender finished up and just poured myself a West Vlaterin 12. Oh, oh good lucky choice, man. Gordon. Hand well, carried from Belgium, bitches. Wow. <laughs> Really? Wow. Uh, hand carried yourself, or was it delivered to you? No, I went over and got the damn thing myself. Oh, wow, that's, that's how much street cred Gordon has. He, he you, mule- think, you think you think I'm going to trust getting my West Veteran to somebody else? No. No, <laughs> he mules his own beer. Not, wow. Yeah. Some people go to jail for that. I saw it on Discovery. Don't be a mule. 
<laughs> I mean, you're thinking of Jack. Turkish prison. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, all sorts of weird prisons. Some gulag somewhere. All right, if you've got uh, questions for Gordon Strong about the BJCP or about his Nikasi medals and his beer, uh, you can join the chat room. Just hit the chat now button on the uh, brand new homepage. No, but why are you telling me no, Beavis? Meep. You can't hit the chat now button? No, no, you can do that. I was answering your previous question. Oh, I got you. Okay. okay. Hit the chat now button on the home Instead page. of typing one, in. One question at a time, please. Uh, <laughs> and you could also call us 888-401-BEER and ask Sorry. your questions directly if you'd like to do that. And, and so, then. what book are you reading, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? We have to have random conversations now. Yeah. Uh, so, do you remember that one time that that thing happened and yeah. I was in the place? It just was funny. I was reminiscing. That's <laughs> remember that time when I quit your stupid show because you're mean to me? Oh, got us there. Watch, it, watch everything change yeah. right now. Yeah, I don't remember that, but it sounds good. <laughs> oh, JP, oh. you say that now. Yeah. Till, till, uh, till he's stuck in the chat. Yeah. Oh. Actually, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I, no. I, I like it. We should say till the chat is stuck with JP. That's a good point. Is what we mean to say. Ah. All right, Gordon, I want to talk to you about the BJCP. Uh, we only have so much time left. And uh, by the way, you've only got about 10 minutes to put your $5 donations in for a raffle ticket to win a Monster Brewing uh, Mill. And uh, you can mill your own grain at home. It's a great mill, 250 bucks, but 5 bucks gets you a raffle ticket, 20 gets you 4 whatever you want to do. And uh, you got until uh, uh, 7.30, and then we're cutting it off. Everything after that just goes in my pocket. Uh, and, uh, happy to have it there. Buddy. Yeah, it goes out to the desert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to know a little history of the BJCP. When did uh, the the BJCP guidelines even start, Gordon? Well, for a long time there were uh, the HA guidelines. The uh, BJCP was really part of the HA, okay. sort of a joint venture with that and this other trade group that nobody had ever heard of. But uh, the BJCP has been on its own for oh since ninety five ish, and. Uh, I think the first set of guidelines came out shortly after. I mean, I, I remember seeing a set in 97, and most style guidelines at that point were about two sentences long. <laughs> they were really brief. <laughs> Multi, and, hoppy, done. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> and a lot of the information was basically wrong. There, were, there was also competing guidelines. There was, like, the HA guidelines and the BJCP guidelines. Yeah. and you know, they describe different styles, or they describe styles in different ways. Like at that time, the HA guidelines said uh, Dusseldorf fault beers were chocolatey, you know, which is like totally wrong. Uh, <laughs> but, error. So, anyway, um, the HA ditched their guidelines and, and went with the BJCB guidelines, I think, in sometime around 2000. So, that really cleaned things up for people entering competitions because a lot of times people would enter their beers under the you know, the wrong guidelines. Um, so it's a lot easier for judges, too. They, they just have to study one thing. So the the guidelines, as we know them, sort of came out in 97 or so, and there was a huge revision in 99. That's the first time they really sort of got beefed up, and uh, those were some serious guidelines. And then <laughs> there were a major rewrite in 2004. That's the one that I led. And then we just did sort of a minor update last year. How how did they when you when you say you ended up with you know some major guidelines and they and so it sounds to me like you know you feel like they were they were accurate and they were uh, probably a little more intense and uh, but but where did that come from I know that's probably not an easy question but how did you guys decide what the styles were and what were the examples of those styles 
Well, I can just talk about the things that I was involved in. So I'll, I'll talk about 2004 and on. I don't, I don't really know how it happened uh, in the previous cut of the guidelines. That's fair. Yeah, there's a there's a relatively small committee. I mean, there was like five or six people, um, and you know, we we talked about what we wanted to accomplish. Uh, we felt the guidelines were, you know, at that point were, you know, coming up on five years old and needed to facelift some of the. There were there's some wrong information, and we also wanted to add some styles. So we basically went through, you know, style by style and and looked at every sentence and said, does this make sense? Is this accurate? Is this complete? Um, by that time, I judged in a lot of competitions, so I had, um, you know, I'd seen how people had used and misused the guidelines. And one of the things that was uh, sort of offensive to me was uh, I'd seen judges take advantage of the guidelines when the guidelines were sort of silent on a certain characteristic of a beer. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it doesn't say that no diacetyl is allowed, so, you know, it must be fine. I see. I'm like, well, okay, uh, no. So, yeah. Um, so in 2004, one of the things we tried to do is go through and describe the major attributes of every beer. So to say, what if... What if a new judge showed up at a competition, had no idea what the style was, yet got stuck in the style? Yeah. Could they read the guidelines and have a reasonable clue of figuring out what to do? Hmm. That was the objective. Okay. And I think, and I think, you know, we pretty much carried that off because because I've seen that exact scenario happen over and over again. You know, the problem with that is the guidelines got, like, twice as big. Right. Because rather than identifying sort of the key elements of the style, which is what they used to do, you know, they used to just, you know, like the 97 guidelines in particular were written like, like you had a good knowledge of beer and just needed a memory jog when you were judging. You know, and that's fine. Yeah. But... But most of the judges that actually saw show up and sit down and judge beers in competition weren't like that. So, you know, that's unfortunate. So the guidelines sort of expanded to to be used that way. And, like, and it really became sort of like, you know, almost like an encyclopedia of beer. I mean, it's like trying to describe, yeah. you know, the, the the range that you find in these styles. So in 2004, we added um, eight new styles. And for those, um, what I tried to do was go out and collect um, the best commercial examples of the style and sit down and map them out, like Belgian blondes were one. So, you know, I got like six or seven um, different Belgian blonde ales, and and, be clear, I'm talking about ales that... um, (laughs) (laughs) Too bad, buddy. Yeah, well, you know, there's well, just one Belgian blonde would probably be plenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't need a whole gaggle of them. Yeah. <laughs> a gaggle. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. So, um, and you know, you sit down and you and you taste them in a structured manner. I mean, you taste them like you're. I don't know if you've seen like the checklist score sheet that yeah. came up with recently. So, sort of like that. I mean, try to quantify the intensity of hops and the intensity of malt, and then the the characteristic of the hop. You know, hmm. is it a citrusy hop or is it an earthy hop? You know, so, you know, that would let you nail the range. So, and then you try to talk about them in the order in which you perceive them. So you talk about the most important things first, and then you add the rest of the things later, you know, just trying for completeness. 
I see. So, so you try to you try to describe the style as you know what hits you first, and then you know what sort of impression does this leave you with, but you have to be thorough. So, so Gordon. Do, do you do you? Yeah, and I don't know how to I don't know how to ask this question. Uh, so I'm just gonna kind of throw it out there. W- when you get these commercial beers, obviously you can you're able to tell flaws in a beer. But if it's a style you're not familiar with or you want to fine tune, and maybe there's something not sitting right in your mind with a certain style or with a certain commercial example, will you go back and and get another beer of that? Like you, you know what I mean? We talk about how yes, how yes, beer doesn't yes. travel I mean, that, very that, well. That, that makes total sense. Okay. I mean. You, that that can come down to two cases. That can come down to a beer that's good for the style, and you just happen to get a crappy example, yeah. or it's a crappy example of the style, even if it's made well. So, like we had an example of the latter when we when we were looking at Baltic porters, and I don't know. It's like we had we had some comments on this when we first came out with the guidelines. We opened them up for public comment, and people said, "Oh, you know." How can you judge Baltic porters when you know you can't find any commercial examples? I'm like, well, in the Midwest, I can find like six or seven of them. So, mm-hmm. so neener, neener, neener. Lucky here. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, you need to get out more. <laughs> so, um, and and we had one, and because I, I and I actually remember the name. It was called Saku because I remember we were calling it Sucko <laughs> because it was just it like it wasn't like any of the other ones. It, I mean, if you were like. If you were like drawing a graph of the beers, I mean, this would be like the data point that's way over on the other side that said, you know, <laughs> dude, you must have messed up in measuring something. <laughs> so it's sort of the same thing. I mean, you look at the graph and you say, well, all the beers seem to be clustered around this one point, and here's one way the fuck over there. So what are we going to do? Are we going to stretch the style to encompass this? No. no. We're going to ignore it. And then we're not going to list it as a classic example of the style. So that was, I mean, this this one this one Baltic porter. I mean, I tasted tasted sort of like a Scotch uh, Scottish ale. You know, it, it wasn't dark and rich like the others at all. Like so, puffy. we just we just dropped it. I mean, it was like from Lithuania or something. So, I mean, it it should have been you know a reasonable example, but it just wasn't. But, all I'm thinking is that you guys got to sit around and taste all the best beers in the world and write yeah, right. and write these guidelines. I think the writing part would have sucked, but the tasting is pretty good. Well, yeah, and and honestly, the way the tasting, uh, the way the the style development went, and we thought about dividing it up, but we wanted to have the guidelines sort of come off with one voice because that was one of the big problems we had with the ninety nine guidelines. Mm-hmm. Is they read like you know six or seven people wrote it, which was true. Yeah. So what they what the people on the committee said was, well, why don't they? They asked me to go ahead and write most of them, and said, well, if you write them, we'll review them. Yeah. You know, so, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. So you just you know try a lot of beers. I mean you 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 know you guys try a lot of beers and yeah. you know you um, you know if you get a good example and if you know it's not just what you mm-hmm. get in your your local package store. I mean you travel around the country. You know if you might if you traveled overseas and try beers over there. Yeah. I mean yeah. some of the trips I've made. I've, I mean I've made specific beer trips to go check things out. I've gone to Belgium a couple of times, and the last time I went to Belgium, I took a side trip to Cologne and Dusseldorf for the specific reason of saying, okay, I want to learn what Kolsch and Alt really tastes like. Hmm. And they came back with some big differences, like Alt beer 
hey, most alt beers are really a lot lighter than they've, they've been described. Mm, okay. You know, that's, so that's why it changed from you know, alt beer being brown to alt beer being amber, because I had about eight different ones there, and none of them were <laughs> anywhere near brown. I see, yeah. So you know, some of the changes you saw in the last revision of the guidelines were based on that. All right. Sounds like a rough life. It really does. And I, I want to <laughs> give my condolences to you and your family because yeah, it sounds awful. Well, you know, everybody's got to take one for the team. And and you're doing that. <laughs> and you're taking several. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're sometimes taking multiple at once. Yeah. I think. You know. <laughs> and beers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I... But, you know, promise me one thing. Don't put on my headstone. You know, he knew how to take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He really took a bunch. Yeah, took a... Yeah, not, not a catcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, took a lot. Bear yep. you ass up. <clears throat> With a flower in it. Oh. But, I know, but I know Jamil's talked about this, too. I mean, when, yeah. when, you, when you're trying to, you know, understand a style really well, it really helps to go out and try the freshest examples. I mean, I mean you guys on the West Coast have, have uh, a problem being so far away from Europe. Yeah. So, I mean, I've had these arguments with people before when people say, you know, I'm trying to clone a beer that is like this style. I'm like, well, are you cloning it like that style or are you cloning it like the style that you get it appears when you get it in your store? Yeah. 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 You know? So, I mean, you could you could clone you could clone an off beer perfectly, you know. And okay, <laughs> fine. Your beer's still off. <laughs> but if you've never had the real one, you know, how do you know? Yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, the guideline said this is a classic example. I'm like, yeah, but you got an off. You know, yeah. I've had people try to tell me like, oh, well, you know, lambics have to be really vinegary because I went to Belgium and I had one. I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, dude, you you like wasted your time in Belgium. You went to Belgium and drank crappy beer. You could have done that here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's even there's you know, yeah, exactly right. I mean, how many times have, have we you know in, the, in this room or, or you too, Gordon, gone to a, a, a brewery or something and you get a, a stout that tastes more like a brown ale? Yeah, you know, I mean, it doesn't happen often, but sometimes, yeah, some, you can just get you can get uh, uh, bad bad examples of the style. So I've just, right. I'm just I'm so just I just curious mean, about how how that. So happens. you have to yeah. understand that. So a lot of it is, um, you know, just you know the buddy system. I mean, you go around, you talk to you talk to other people, and sort of in the know, and um, you know, everything has to be peer reviewed. So hmm. you know, you write these things and you put it out there and say, fine, this is what we think. This is what we found. Go ahead and tell us if you think it's wrong, and you know if you think it's wrong, give us a counterexample. When we did the 2004 guidelines, you know it's sort of like your forums. I mean, we threw up PHP BB, yeah. just like you guys are running, and threw up the guidelines and said, you know, have at them. Here's what we're going to publish unless you tell us something's wrong. Oh. But if you say it's wrong, don't just say, well, I think it ought to be this because this is how I make it. You know, that's not going to cut it. But if you said, <laughs> you know, no, this brewer, you know, you know, give us some data. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, you know, if you, if you can cite an example or you know, give yeah. us a reference in a book or something. That's open source BJCP. Oh, I, I dig that. Yeah, it was open. Yeah. Anybody could comment. Uh, you know, as long yeah, as you can yeah. back it so, up and your source is relevant, that's open source. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah, because uh-huh. I mean, really, what we're looking for is we want, you know, these guidelines. Yeah, you know, I, I have to go into my guideline rant, my style rant thing. Go ahead. Because I because I hear this a lot, and if you were in Denver listening to the the keynote speaker there on like you know there should be no styles, blah 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 blah. Yeah, I only listen you to know. myself talk. <laughs> I don't I don't pay attention, Gordon. Half the time I think you're not even talking. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, Gordon. Yeah, I haven't even been listening to you. 
<laughs> I'm just playing repeats of my own show in my head. Yeah, there's nothing to do there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cross your puzzles. Through self gratification. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Talk about taking one for the team. Yeah. No, go yeah. on, please. <laughs> yeah, a team of one. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. The, so the rant about styles is. Um, you know, and I especially hear this about Belgians. Like, you know, people yeah. say, "Hey, you know, Belgians say there are no styles." Blah blah blah. Like, you know, that's not really true because if you if you whipped out a black triple, <laughs> you know, people say, "You know, what the fuck is this? This isn't a triple." Well, it's my triple. Yeah, right. well, you know, your triple your triple is off. You know, so I mean, there really are styles, even if they don't want to admit them. Yeah. But the 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 styles that the BJCP puts out aren't meant to be prescriptive they're meant to be descriptive right. you know they're, they're meant to you know people make the styles and we describe okay this is what people are making or this is what the historical style was you know so it's it's setting a reference for competition we're not saying okay brewer if you're going to make this beer you bet especially professionals if you're going to make this beer you better do it this way yeah of course you know because we don't care about that at all i mean you make whatever you want like i said i, I had this surly bender it, you know it fits nowhere in the style guidelines it's a five percent 45 ibu oatmeal brown ale with belgian malts you know it doesn't fit anywhere right see and so, one of I mean, the, you, uh, make whatever you want one of Jamil's favorite, or one of my favorite quotes from Jamil, we have it in one of our promos running, talking about you know the first part of what you're saying here is, uh, you know, he's talking about brewers who say they don't like to brew to style. Uh, I like, for example, I've got this this Pilsner, but it's black, and he goes, yeah. It's a fucking Schwartz beer. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes right. even when you think that you're just doing crazy things, it comes from a place, and then maybe you, yeah. maybe you add some things that take it somewhere else. But but they're still coming from a you know. I got a well, I mean, I got a paleo, but more hops. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, people have entered that as specialty beers. You know, uh, pale ale, special special ingredient, yeah. hops. Hops, yeah. Um, special ingredient, yeah. shotgunning no. is what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah good luck with that. So, um, you know, no, I mean, you have to you have to understand that, and and that that's why it helps to understand what the purpose of the guidelines for. The guidelines are to give sort of a frame of reference for holding competitions, because otherwise it would just be like going to. Uh, you know, beer festival and having a people's choice. Yeah. So, you know, I, I one of my favorite quotes from a beer festival was when they were still doing the real ale festivals. You know, Ray Daniels, I was talking to him about that because I brought, like, this ESB, you know, old school ESB, really good. And, you know, Ray says, oh, that's a really good beer. You know, it's not going to win at all because it's not big or goofy. Yeah. You know, so, you know, if you want to win something, you have to, like, stand out, you know, in a people's choice. So... You know, life like that would be sort of silly. So, you know, if you if you want to respect the tradition of these styles, you have to have some frame of reference, and that's really what the guidelines are for. They're meant to they're meant to give some structure to competition, so that the brewers and the judges can be on the same page with what did you intend to do. Yeah. All right. And I that's gotta- all they're for. I got to keep things moving. Uh, I do want to announce that uh, the competition for the mill is over. It's past seven thirty, so I hope you got your raffle tickets in in time. Uh, chance to win that uh, Monster Brewing Hardware Mill. We'll be doing that uh, after the next break. I got a couple questions left for Gordon before we got to go. Uh, one of them is mine, and then I got some listener questions for you, Gordon, if you don't mind. Um, but I'm curious about you. You know, you had talked about adding a few styles in your last revision. 
And I'm curious. So the 2004. Yeah, in the in the 04. Uh, so I'm curious about what your your focus is about adding styles, and you know, when do you decide? I, I think I think new beers come out all the time, but of course that style doesn't become a style, I guess, until I don't know how many X amount of people brew it. So how do you guys discover what to add? Well, sure. Um, that that's actually sort of an easy one because um, the you know the the AHA puts out styles or, or the, the Brewing Association puts out styles for, like, the GABF. You know, those are sort of like, those are the styles that are on the pulse of, um, you know, current brewers. So they'll, you know, they'll have, like, a separate section for coffee beers and a separate section for imperial, you know, whatever they're making. You know, so they, they you know, if they get ten people that make what they call a style of beer, they'll invent a new category, like, immediately. So, you know, think of that as like the House of Representatives. And, you know, the BJCB is trying to be more like the Senate, trying to be a little bit more deliberate to say, you know, is this thing a fad or is this thing around for real? So, you know, we didn't add like an imperial everything category, but we did add an imperial IPA category yeah. because, you know, people have been making those things for a while. I mean, before there was just one IPA category. So, you yeah. know, I tell you what, if you made an English IPA, you know, you were going to get boned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Would, I'm, I'm making one never, tomorrow. Yeah. And yeah. you would lose. You would never win. Stick at the burning. I mean, room. you'd submit this thing, and they're like, you know, where's the citrusy hops? Um, you know, do you know what Kent Goldens are? Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why, I mean, we, between the 99 and the 04 guidelines, we went from one category of IPA to three, yeah. you know, just for that reason. Okay. So, you know, we, we, we add the styles um, you know, if they're if they're not faddish, if they're real. But one of the other things that I tended to look at was what are people entering in the specialty beer category? Are people entering beers huh. in that category that are legitimate styles, or are they using it as something that's experimental? That's right. a good. You know, that's yeah, that's good. That's a good point. And, and that is why we added Rogan beer because Rogan beer is a really sort of minor world style. I mean, it's really hard to find. I mean, you used to be able to get it in this country, but now you really can't. Okay. But, you, can you know, I'd look I'd look at a lot of the winners of the specialty category, and a lot of them were Rogan beers. I'm like, well, you know, that shouldn't be competing against people that are coming up with something creative on their own. I mean, that's a legit style, so let's right. break that off. I see. So that's the way I look at it is, you know, if if a lot of people are making it, a lot of people are entering it, then chances are it's a, you know, it's a real style. So, you know, that, that's why... Um, the people involved in the guidelines have to be out judging in competitions and talking to people and seeing what people are really actually brewing and doing. The, the reason I'm really asking is because uh, I make this carpet porter. That uh, <laughs> carpet star sand porter. Yeah, what you do is you you make a carpet really carpet muncher porter. Well, you make it's <laughs> not it's not quite that good yet. Yeah. Uh, but you, first you make we'll a really you make a really good porter, and then you Add go parsley. You go to sleep and you allow it to uh, leak out all over the carpet, and then you Ooh. you extract as much of it back out of the carpet and into the keg as you can. And uh, let me tell, you, I think it's the next big thing. You heard it here first. Or yeah, it could carpet. be. Could, yeah, yeah the guy would breach something like well, you know, carpet be, aroma, uh, you know, monitor. Yeah. yeah, and and it could be part of the guideline too, uh, Gordon. You ask a good question. Like, do you do you vacuum it out of the carpet, or do you use some other method of extracting it from the carpet? I think it could <laughs> yeah, all be. Right. Well, you you have your traditionalists who would cut well, out that square and ring it and ring it. Well, right. yeah, beer and more beer would make a gadget that would. But we would make a, a wet vac. Is really yeah. what we would right. Do. And, and and camera camera would really it. object if you used 
like CO two extraction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, you wouldn't. You. No, that. I would. I would. It would all be. I would suck it myself. And yeah. I think so that camera. You might would have approve. to under the German purity laws. Yeah, yeah. 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 they're on Heitzke carpet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, so look. At I can't you, top that. You win. You you heard it here first. Uh, carpet Porter is your next right. style that you just be on the lookout. That's all I'm saying. You just need to enter the okay. specialty category. You know, dude. How cool? Okay. Would, how cool would that be for nationals if we have like <laughs> six or eight douchebags actually enter something in specialty beer called Carpet Porter, <laughs> yeah. filtered through yeah. a carpet. Yeah. And, and you know, you could you could give them to the Brits and you could call it Shag Carpet yeah. Porter. Oh, oh. Nice. Oh. Delicious. And again. I love him. That's right. I am yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, when I said you win. That's right. Mm, You're back. Put it up for a vote. You just got shagged. <laughs> oh. <laughs> serve there. All right. A couple questions from the chat room for you, uh, uh, Gordon. Uh, let's see yeah. what we got here. They've been coming through the whole time that we've been yapping. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, will a beer get points taken away uh, if it has chill haze? Someone has asked. Uh, so uh, very, very rarely. Okay. I mean that, that that was always one of the crappy things I didn't like about the um, AHA guidelines. They wouldn't uh, they wouldn't say they wouldn't say what the hops tasted like, but they'd say whether or not you should have chill haze. I mean, come on, no beer should have chill haze. I mean, number one, if you've got chill haze, chances are you're serving the beer at the wrong temperature. So, why don't you serve it at the right temperature next time, bitch? Oh <laughs> snap! Is this bub? Hey, <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, well, and, and and if you do, that's only appearance, right? So it's only three points. So you might lose one point out of that, right? Is that is, yeah, is right, that right. I mean, or you could just sort of like, you know, just hold it for a minute and let it warm up and see if it goes away. And then you know, it's you know, you wouldn't take away any points. No. Hmm. If, if the beer's at the wrong temperature and and you're judging the appearance based on that, if it cleared up, you know, a judge a judge should take that into account. All right. Another question. Have you noticed a difference in traditional hoppy beers during the hop shortage that we're experiencing? Uh, I think they're all judging questions for you so far. Yeah. Well, I'm, seeing really, a lot, I'm seeing a lot of like what I consider to be new new beer styles, new styles of IPAs and American pale ales that are really starting to fall yeah. outside those guidelines. I don't know. I was going to say, you know, Tasty, you brought some hops. Uh, you brought some hops in your beers this year, didn't you? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It cost me a lot of money to do that. For sure. I mean, I can only do well, that so but long. But it's the Nationals. I mean, yes. this isn't. This is. Oh yeah, I doubled like, it. Yeah, twice the dry. No, hop. you're not, not going to give this beer to like just you know whatever no. asset yeah. walks by and says, "Give me your beer." I mean, you have you know. Yeah. yeah. I've brewed like my IPA for the second you round. Got your carpet on your porter for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I guess that kind of begs a question. I don't mean to, to cut you off, but I'm going to anyway. Go ahead. Um, so, I mean, well, I don't know if it's appropriate. How do you get new styles? I know you kind of covered it, Jay, earlier about, you know, how do you decide to add. But if you have a style, some styles that I know are, are like, hop-dependent, and if you get a re- resurgence uh, maybe in the hop shortage of different hops with that same style, is it considered its own kind of, you know, category, or, or is it just I don't know. It depends. Not? I mean, if you, if you check some of the guidelines... Um, you know, we, we stretched, um, like, the English pale ale slash ESB category to try to cover some of the experimental things the Brits are doing, sort of saying, you know, this was back when you could get, you know, so you get, like, a hot back summer lightning. Like cap teeth, like, or what are you talking yeah, about? Like braces? No, yeah. you're like, no, no, I mean, that's get, suppose Cascade. you get sort of a golden ESB with Cascade hops, but, you know, it's British malls, British yeast, and that's essentially what a summer lightning is. I see. You know, the British are coming out with some 
experimental things. Um, so they're stretching the styles a little bit. So we tried to sort of follow them a little bit. You know, some of the styles are much broader than others, and you know I won't go into the details here. But you know if if you know people are doing the play at home version, go look up um, you know English mild or old ale, and see how broad those categories are. See how much variation um, brewers can enter versus something like a Kolsch, hmm. you know, which is a very narrow style. You know, so you, some styles, some styles allow more variability than others, and judges have to recognize that. Hey, not every combination of um, attributes in a style is going to make sense. So, I mean, you got to taste it and saying, "Hey, is this one of the legit variations of an old ale?" So, if you got marked down in, on your Belgian golden Belgian dark strong for having phenols, that's not a variance. No, no, that's. Probably bad judging, unless you know the phenols were really sort of nasty. That sounds like a personal mm. question to me, JP. That's because well, got no, I'm not bringing any personal thing into oh, it. Oh, it's all <laughs> judging, oh. yeah, I you, mean, I tell you, you, judging is subjective. I mean, never oh, forget that. Oh, totally. No, I was so, just goofing around. I but mean, um, and and when you and it, and it really is like running an experiment. I mean, you can't you can't determine a trend with one data point. No, that you enter that's one true. competition, you get one judge tells you, you know, your beer is this, saying like. Okay, that's an opinion. It is. You know, if you get twelve judges telling you all the same thing, you're like, hmm. Well, you know, maybe they're onto something. Yeah. And you know but, me, Justin. I'm not bringing personality into this at all. Of course not. <laughs> no. Okay. I would tend to think that maybe there are twelve stupid judges on Earth. Yeah. Exactly. You know. And twenty-four. Well, you know, twenty-four. I got, I got dumb some of my second-round score sheets back, and some pretty high-ranked judges came up with some pretty stupid things on the score sheets. <laughs> so it go, does happen. Yeah. It happens. It happens. Yeah. Did you go yeah. kick him straight in the sack or oh. what? <laughs> Not yet. Because <laughs> you know all the yeah. judges. You know what? Uh, you you better not know it's Gordon when you start writing shitty comments. Because he knows every judge, right? Yeah. Like, he's the organizer. So. Well, I got the database, too. I know uh, where you live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's your around. email address. Uh, Do you ever see that? your home address. And home address. Do you, you get pictures of your wife. Oh! <laughs> dear, oh, dear. Do you, ever, do you ever see a judge that you've trained on uh, fill out a score sheet of yours and you just go... Come on, I taught you better than that. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's disappointing, but I mean, come on, you got to man up and say, you know, everybody's got an off day. Yeah. And some, you know, and it, and it, and it's really the responsibility of any judge, particularly any BJCP judge. You're judging with somebody if they put in something, you know, if they're just like phoning it in. Yeah. You know, you have to look at that and say, you know, dude, you know. <laughs> You don't have to, you don't even have to say anything else. You know, you just have to use the just, right tone. You just, know? Dude, yeah. dude, 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 dude. Exactly, dude. Yeah, if you don't want to be dude. here, then you know, dude. don't be here. Yeah, dude. right. If you want to go drink dude. cheap beer, you know, you know, go, um, you know, go drink your carpet muncher porter. Uh, <laughs> it's just carpet. You're making a whole new style, and you're taking my style. <laughs> yeah, totally, dude. Get your own car, dude. Yeah, dude, dude, dude. Get your own carpet dude. style. Really? Dude. Come on, really. Dude. Dude? Dude? Well, he can have the shag style, and you can have the, <laughs> yeah. the this, low pile. There. Did that just happen, Gordon? Did you... Did, did, yeah. Really? Oh, my God. <laughs> shut up. Dude? Uh, last listener question that came through from our chat room. Um, do you tend, uh, I guess in your personal brewing, do you push the style guidelines <laughs> in competition brewing? And I think this goes back to maybe the the the, the comment uh, about the beer really has to stand out to win. Uh, do you push the style? Yeah, um... Yeah, I know what that means. Hmm. It's 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 the it's the usual uh, talk about like big beer always wins. You know, it depends on where you're entering it. 
if you're entering it in, you know, Podunkville, then Jacob. you know, go ahead, go ahead and push the edge. Okay. But if you're if you're entering it in some place where you know you have good judges, you know, they'll call you on it. And you know, I got to give uh, I got to give props to like uh, Steve McKenna from Chicago. I mean, one time I made an I I made a, like a five gallon batch of IPA and he used like three ounces of tomahawk hops, which were like wow you know, seventeen seventeen alpha, yeah. you know, in bittering. You know, and he and he's like, your IPA is too bitter. You know, I just <laughs> I, I found him afterwards, and they said, you know, the the confidence as a judge that it takes to actually write that line, you know, <laughs> got to respect. Yeah, the balls, balls that it takes. Yeah, you got to know to say that. Right, the, the how do you walk on this balls dude. that big? Yeah, and but the thing is, he is, he was right. You know, it could have it could have used some more aging, and after another year, it was a whole lot better. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you, I mean, you find that recipe sort of online. I mean, I based it on this uh, Sister Star of the Sun thing that you find on Cat's Meow or whatever. Sister Christian. The guy's adding, like, you know, a shitload of hops in there. And, like, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to wrap things up, Gordon, uh, because I got to do this raffle. People want themselves a mill. Um and I got to do that. You got to save enough time for me to braid your hair. And uh, I got to. Oh! Yeah, oh. <laughs> You're going to braid that with your hair. I've been so it waiting just, to bust you out on that. Yeah, I can't believe oh. you just dropped that. Red, bomb, white, and blue. Beavis. Flap from the east. Oh, boy. <laughs> What's this about? Out now? of nowhere. Well, You're braiding I, your hair? I am going to let my freak flag fly in Burning Don't Man. Don't call this it a year. comeback. I've been here for years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will be braiding some uh, a few locks. Of my main uh, natty dread. Oh no! You need out. to tell them the best part of this. There will also be ribbons and beads braided <laughs> into the locks. Can I be wearing a dress? For, ah. God, it's so weird. <laughs> It's so weird that the archiver just totally stopped working this whole oh, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This whole show won't Going even appear. metrosexual on us. <laughs> Henning, you better be ripping this stream. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, wow. you know, ribbons listen. and stuff. Yeah. Are you going to have like a frilly collared shirt and walk around with a cane and a parasol or what? No, but I think you guys shouldn't be so judgmental. No, like we're a, not judging you. Worry, you be like an Olympic pretty. gymnast. Oh, no. <laughs> There's no, no you're going to be required. the prettiest little freak at Burning Man. Nice ribbons. Thank you. That's why you're doing it. <laughs> I'll be wearing my ribbons and beads and giving hand jobs around the back of the RV for five bucks. Gordon, I'm, I'm sorry you had to hear all this. I know you had a lot of respect for me yeah, before yeah. this uh, <laughs> <Right>. interview. <laughs> Hey, I've heard the drunk of the week, so I can I can take it from here. Oh, yeah, you know the low points <laughs> yeah, of this show. you know the deal. <laughs> All right, Gordon Strong, everybody. Listen, awesome. I think that you could come back and do a whole show about clone brewing with us also. That's also in your credentials. So, hey, I, anytime, anytime you want to have me on to talk about whatever you want, cool. I'll hang with you guys. Oh, that's great. You know, I appreciate let's do, that. Let's do it live next year. Yeah. 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 Listen, okay. if you're coming to NHC, then we we'll... Then we can ditch the Skype thing cuz the people on the keep people in the chat aren't aren't, uh, aren't down with the Skype. No, they would they, everyone always likes yeah. to live and so do we. It's a lot more fun, Gordon. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'd be getting oh, yeah. off the air and going drinking right now. Although is this is have. a really good phone interview. I just well, I'm not going to be running thing. the stupid thing next year, so I'm going to have all sorts of time. So oh, good. I'll, good. Just, be, I'll just be ragging on Jamil. <laughs> we'll get him in the studio so you can do that. Yeah. I'll have you both here. Um, I just got yeah, a, that'd, this that'd just great. This just in, text message from Sully canceling sponsorship. Oh. <laughs> That's too bad. Yeah. Just because of the braids? Well, he doesn't want to pay for, for beads. He, uh. shouldn't, he's, he shouldn't be so judgmental. <laughs> he's Gordon. older. Well, he Sully. can. Sully. <laughs> Will you um, 
what is it? Responsor us if I put beads and braids in JP's beard. Oh, oh, I, I would do that. I get him back. Oh, that's got re up written all over. Yeah, Benoit yeah. uh, beads. Can raise his rates. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Gordon. Thanks very much, my brother. I appreciate it. I love hanging yeah. with you guys. That was awesome. Man. It was a great time, Gordon. Yeah. All right. Next time, I think competition, or, or rather, uh, clone brewing with you. Yeah, I'm sure. Or something like that. That'd Anything you want. Great. Yeah. Find an excuse to come out here. Try some West Coast IPAs. Get in the studio. Hey, been there, done that, but I'll do them in the studio with you guys anytime. All right, sounds good. Thanks, brother. Later. Catch you later. Bye. Gordon Strong, everybody. We're going to take a break. Uh, The raffle. We're doing it right now. We're going to draw. uh, We're going to put the names together at the break, and uh, then we'll we'll draw a name. One of you, lucky donators, is going to win a Monster Brewing Hardware Mill when we come back. Hang in there. Monster Mill. It's the session. Attention homebrew shop owners at Fermentap. They know you're tired of buying the same old gear that everyone else has. That's why Fermentap offers the newest and most cutting-edge brewing equipment known to man. Since 1998, Fermentap has been leading the fight against the boring and mundane by offering strange, unique, and just plain smart equipment. Like their stainless domed false bottoms. Never deal with the floating plastic hassle of other false bottoms again. And since they're made from stainless steel, they'll last a lifetime. Fermentap's line of copper Wort chillers are the best on the market, designed to cool your wort faster and more efficiently than other immersion chillers. They actually invented the equipment to make these chillers not only work great, but look great too. How about a fantastic line of ingredients, including vanilla beans, sorghum extract, blue agave extract, hop bitterness extract, unique wine yeasts, green coffee beans, sake kits, all stuff you can't find anywhere else. Fermentap carries all the standard products and equipment you need as well, such as all grain systems, stainless hardware, kettles, Carbonation stones, you name it, they've got it. Fermentap's entire line of products has been helping retail shops meet the demands of their customers for nearly 10 years, and they want to help you too. For more information, see them on the web at fermentap.com or call Jason at 1 800 942 2750. Fermentap, better beer through innovation.
Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire her up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. And the new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The The More Beer beer Deal deal of the day. Day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on. Let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated. Mix me your 100 grain amber recipe, and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Thebrewingnetwork.com. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. We are back and uh, very exciting around here. We're going to be raffling off a Monster Hardware Grain Mill. MonsterBrewingHardware.com is where you can go to check it out. It's a three-roller stainless steel upgraded big shaft grinder thing. Grind your shaft. It's a great mill. It's a really nice mill. And one of you lucky and very generous uh, listeners who has bought a $5 raffle ticket is going to win it. And Shat's going to send it, and I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> Just going to hang out. Well, good. Out. That's a role reversal. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's what we call the old role reversal. Role reversal. I learned that in college. What call was? that the norm. <laughs> the norm. <laughs> uh, so we are tallying them now. The names are being put together in a hat because some of you donated uh, multiple times, and we do appreciate that of you, uh, oh, yeah. and, and uh, helps us out. We we also want to really thank uh, uh, Monster Brewing Hardware for donating the the mill to us so that we could do this for you. Uh, so we are putting the names in a hat. You're going to have to hang in there for just a little while, and uh, I, I I predict we'll have it done in the next five or ten minutes, we're, and we'll be uh, announcing the winner right here on the air. We're putting in a sack. Bevo's Bevo's putting in putting all the names in in a big sack. She's got the big sack in yep. front of her. Yeah, she's reaching into it and put and placing things in it. Well, that's just weird. Well, she's taking very good care of the sack. That's good. Gingerly, all that kind of thing. She's had some practice over the last year or so. Well, it's about time. How long have you guys been married now? Other one. Turn your microphone on. Yeah, put your headphones on. You'll know your microphone's off. Six, six months, months yesterday. yesterday. Such a chick. Six months and eight hours just a minute ago. Okay, uh, the, only, okay the only reason 56? I know that is because my mom was like, do you want me to make you dinner, like a special anniversary dinner? And I'm like, no. It's not That's an anniversary. Gay. I hate it when people do the... It, it, it's it, our I one doesn't want to 
it's celebrate our, our one year anniversary. It's our one month anniversary. Isn't anniversary by definition an annual thing? Probably. Yeah. So it has to happen once a year, once. right? Yeah. Not once every few months. It's our four month anniversary. No, We're it's not. It's so your four happy. month fourth month. Yeah. It's your fourth month. Yeah. Or it's, it's your sixth month. It's not your anniversary. Yeah. Or you your third way. Your third of the way into yeah, the year. You know, anniversary is an annual thing. Yeah. But. By the way, speaking of anniversaries, John Plisse announced his uh, engagement oh, on yeah. the Jamil show yesterday. Oh, he did? He announced it officially. Going public. Went public. And uh, I said... Uh, <laughs> on purpose? <laughs> Good luck, buddy. Good luck. Yeah. See what happens. Good, good for him. Whatever, Beavis. Yeah, you should not. Yeah. You don't even agree with that. <laughs> don't encourage that. <laughs> oh! You don't even agree. Yeah. 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 Well, I do. You got. Ma- I hope everybody's as happy as I am. <laughs> you want another tissue? Because you're you're crying through the first one. You only. You only. I'm so happy. You only got married to Sam because he's a good catch, and you didn't want to lose him. But you don't believe in the institution of marriage, right? All right, we do have a Drunk of the Week phone call. In the meantime, while we're tallying up the names to the winner of a Monster Brewing Hardware grain mill, uh, Shoe Light has brought in garden clippers for us to cut up the names. Those uh, are tin snips, dude. Uh, <laughs> so if you have, like, sheet metal to cut, yeah. yeah. Uh, Shoe Light, good work, buddy. Hey, Man. wait, come through. Yeah, why don't you go really? take a nap or something? He no. is such a meathead. Like, he is. You know, like, just Ugh. like, mm, I'm I've sorry. Had, did I you found guys, these tin snips. Did you guys come up with anything to cut the paper yeah. with? I don't know. Why don't you just tear them? Why don't you, I'll just look at them real tough. Oh. <laughs> I found these hedge clippers. Tell you what, I'll take it to the gym. I'll break that piece of paper down. <laughs> Let me put it on my bench press. I'll cut right in half. And put it under my back. I could bench press ten of these things. <laughs> Good These things really like. suck, by the way. Well, yeah, they're for cutting ten. Yeah, yeah, Jen, you're just wasting your time. Might lose a finger here. I'm going to put them between my muscular ass cheeks and just <laughs> pinch them. I'm going to pinch them into little swirls. Oh, gross. Oh, he flexed them. <laughs> Junk in the trunk. Uh, Philly Beer Geek is on the line, a Drunk of the Week phone call. What's happening, brother? The scissors going. They're just sitting there. Oh, think. man, how yeah. you doing? How you doing? Uh, we're doing pretty good. How are you, man? I'm good. I got I got a list for you guys here. What you my, had to uh, drink? My our case by this weekend, so you know I got a 24 case of mixed beers to go through. All right, mm. night was a, a fun night. What have you had uh, so far? Bell's cherry stouts and caddy light lagers. Dag and Celtic cider, Urbach 23, Monk's Flemish sour, Old Plowshare organic stout, Ten City in a can, Speakeasy mm. White Lightning, Two Brothers Domain DuPage. Brooklyn Lager in a can. They make that in a can now. Can you believe that? Wow. Oh, interesting. No. Triple Carmelite, and then uh, three more Brooklyns in a can. He's pulling a brew and tattoo on us, calling in with this long list of beers, but he sounds totally sober. I'm I'm very good at that, man. Last uh, my my bro's birthday last week, and I had an entire bottle of gin and martini for him, and then uh, a couple beers, and I was fine. But, Interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. I, How much you weigh? I, uh, what are you, 400 pounds? 255. 200. 200. 200 pounds, huh? How much does the rest of you weigh? Oh! Oh, come on. Oh, that, that's like 30 right there. You're, oh, just, yeah. uh, you're just a pro, huh? Because yeah, um, you got the resume. I mean, that sounds nice. And by the way, good beers. Uh, it sounds like a lot of good choices. But uh, I don't know, drunk, drunk of the week. What I'd like to do, like to do is shotgun a can of uh, Brooklyn on air. <laughs> Okay, all right. We'll we could try it. that. We'll have to hear it. I mean, mostly, make sure yeah. we get to hear the splash. And what? then, uh, also, it's sort of the after chug that is the only thing that makes good radio. Like how that, that whole yeah. expression you have after. 
that other show Olympics. Yeah. You got to listen to that. Yeah, like when you're. Yeah, like exactly. Like when you sound like us. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to set the phone down right now. Okay. And, uh, All right, so make bad that. choices in your All life. Right, so we'll Sound let, like us. We'll have to listen a little bit. All right, here we go. He's going to shotgun a Brooklyn logger on the air for Drunk of the Week. Here we go, ladies right. and gentlemen. All right. I want to do this at home. My phone doesn't short out when I spray it with beer. I yeah. hope right. so, too. All right, we'll be ready for that. We'll keep it in your face. Is it going down? Or Fighting a little bit there. Sounds like being attacked. Oh, God. <laughs> like it went to come back up. God damn it. Sounds like a hooker I had the other night. Thought you could take this. Uh, was it you or the hooker, JP? I don't want to talk about it. I was fooled. Let's put it that way. How you feeling, buddy? No, that's great, man. I want to do it again. <laughs> All right. Again. Again. <laughs> Sounded pretty good. Do it again? Again. Yeah. I don't know. Again. I don't want to be responsible for your alcohol poisoning. I'm not going to encourage you to shotgun another one. But that was pretty good. You're at the top of the list for Drunk of the Week right now. You're also the first you caller. You ask the guys in the, in the chat. Like, I can handle another one. You, They'll tell you I can. You want me to do another one right no, now? I'm, I'm sure you can. I just, You know, when the ambulance shows up and then my name's involved, it just gets ugly. Uh, it's happened before. She didn't. She lied, though. It was all a lie. Yeah. Uh, no. Time. Come on now. Well, she let's see fell. what happens. Just hang in there for a second. Let's see if we get any other drunk of the week calls, my brother. But that was a good, okay. that was a pretty good chug. Uh, uh, you know what, though? Yeah. Do me a favor. Be on hold because I'm out in the middle of my woods, so I can't really listen. So if you uh, could put me on hold in any way. I can't because then the line's busy. So I can't put you on hold. Uh, hey, hang up. Yeah, I got it. I gotta hang. Right. I just gotta hang. What I'll do is I'll announce you as drunk of the week, and you'll know. You could download the show and all that, so you you know you'll know. Or you can call uh, back yeah. in a few minutes. Okay. All right, brother. Good work. Good effort. All right, there you go. Philly beer geek uh, chugging a, a Brooklyn Lager, uh, uh, shotgunning it out of a can, even craft beer in a can. That's tomorrow. That's right. Cans. Sounded like he was felching it out of a can. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, okay. Uh, how are we doing on the tally? We're getting there? We're yeah. almost there. We're getting yeah, close? Another couple minutes or so. We'll All right. Uh, the lovely Bevo will do the topless drawing for us uh, on today's program. <laughs> what we do is we, we smear the breasts with peanut butter and you just put your chest into the, <laughs> whichever one's into the sack. Whichever one is closest to the nipple is yeah. the winner. Whichever one gets caught in my mouth when you have to clean you up, it's... Now, kind of a now thing. that's just that's now just that's vulgar. Is that's it? going too far. That's just too graphic. It's a family thing. It's, it's fine. <laughs> we are not family. No, it's been in my family. Well, yeah, as if you were a baby or something. I am not your sister. It's been in my family for generations. <laughs> it's fine. That's how we, you know. Just because I am from Pennsylvania does not mean that I'm that kind of girl. So you're a you freak. You're telling us Pennsylvania. I thought you were from heaven. All right, we're leading up to our drawing uh, for a Monster Brewing Hardware Mill. It's the uh, three roller mill that we've got here, and yeah. uh, it's all stainless steel. That's an upgrade. Plus, we've got Gnarly. the larger shaft, which apparently is an upgrade. Although I've always heard, uh, well, never mind. Yeah. Uh, but we, it has everything you could want in it just a mill. Depends on how you grind it. Yeah, and uh, it's it's uh, fully grindable. Knurled. Knurled. Fully knurled. By a professional knurler. Knurlist? I think knurling should be an Olympic sport. It's like curling but drunk. (laughs) American knurlers. 
<laughs> it's a new show that we're going to be putting out here on the American BN. Nerlers. American Nurlers. It'll be our first video series. Nurling, Nurling Garage. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do uh, Nurling Garage here. Uh, Tasty's going to be our, uh, he'll be the host of yeah. <laughs> Nurling Garage. This boring show you ever done. Tasty will be like, oh, hey, here we are again so, in the garage. Uh, and uh, we're Nurling. Yes. <laughs> but it'll be video, so it'll be a little more entertaining. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, have our names been placed into yeah, the... Yeah, we're uh, just moments away. I can hear a drum roll start. I have one more start. over here. Into the sack. Right, we're, we're really close, uh, and we're getting there. I, I do have another Drunk of the Week while we're getting that ready. I've got uh, VW Addict uh, on the line. Let's see what's happening. Uh, VW Addict, what's happening, brother? Hey, man, what's up? Uh, you know, just doing our thing over here. What's up with uh, you? Gulp of big gulp uh, of IPA. You just took a big gulp of IPA? Oh, he just oh. fell. Yeah, I'm feeling good. <laughs> Where are you calling from? Uh, Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, uh, I think the questions uh, get harder now. So take a deep breath. <laughs> that calling. dude forgot where he was calling from. Nah, he's calling from the fifty-first state, Massahuet. <laughs> yeah, Massahuet. Fifty-third uh, state. I see. And uh, all right, what have you had to drink tonight, good sir? Uh, how many? <laughs> that and sure. what? Yeah. Winner. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't, e- I, I, was, I don't even know her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to go to a beer fest, uh, like one, but um, sounds like you did our anyway. Boat, our our boat broke and uh, ended up changing the starter, and that took a few hours. And then you know, it was thirsty, so I started drinking <laughs> a few beers, and then uh, well, I um, was drinking beer on the boat all day, and then I ended up back here and. I I had like twelve or seventeen, something like that. I had like twelve or nine. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Maybe, maybe twenty-three. I don't, know. I don't even count anymore. I was drinking Stone IPA and oh, that'll do uh, it. That's what yeah. drinking there. I don't know why you're asking so many questions anyway. You called me. What do you, you want? Hey, this is a long distance from Master Mama. <laughs> Why'd you call me anyway? <laughs> yeah. It's late here, you fucker. Yeah, what do you, you woke me up. I was sitting there peeing myself. Working on my breath. Uh, putting a new starter in my breath. My body. It's, it's, almost, it's almost midnight and I have to work in the morning. I mean, oh, God. Oh, that's yeah. gonna, you're going to hurt oh. tomorrow. You're going to be doing this tomorrow. Now you take it. You take Motorhead. it. <laughs> yeah, that's what, what I'm talking about. Your for flight. Yeah. That's all you got. No, that's yeah. good. Drunk of the week. Yeah. You Drunk win. Of the week. There we go. <laughs> Hey, congratulations, brother. You did a good job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, wait a minute. All right, can sleep happy, tonight. Happy boating. Yeah. You can, uh, Drink some water. Boating. Let him drive. Just let me know where it's at. <laughs> your, uh, your life is complete. You've now made Drunk of the Week, sir. Yeah. So, uh... It is a gratifying feeling. It is, isn't it? You know. You've experienced I do, it. I do... <sighs> I do know. Yeah. You know yeah. he's going to feel in the morning. It happens. Yeah. Poor bastard. Yeah. Good for him. It's How true. are we doing on that raffle? Uh, Bevo has the sack. I have I get- the sack, and I'm ready to touch it. You're ready to reach you into the sack. 
I don't know the words. I don't know the words. Who to do? We're gonna do the whole raffle like this. It is finding Mr. Right, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Let me let me shake my sack for Bevo to touch. Shake the sack. <laughs> Get that sack good and shaken. I'm shaking the sack right now. Oh. You guys have no idea how close I am to Burning Man right now. My brain is gone. <laughs> I am so out of here. Checked out, huh? Ah. Well, no, you're already planning on what sequins to put in your hair. <laughs> but beads. They're not sequins. All right. Well, they should be. Could, do you think we could braid a glow stick into my hair? <laughs> you well should have gotten some glow-in-the-dark ribbon. Oh, God. Can we, I, can we I not? Got yeah, along with the paint. I got glow-in-the-dark body paint. We could paint some hair. <laughs> yeah. After I shave it all off, if you know what I mean. Can we Can we not talk about this? We can paint some back. Uh, I know you want to talk about this. I'm really Permanent marker. All right. All so right. We are we giving get... away a Monster Brewing Hardware Mill. It's the uh, upgraded yes. Super 3 roller version, and that is courtesy of MonsterBrewingHardware.com. That's where you can go get it. And the chat would also like to know how much was donated. $5. Uh, remember Justin's uh, ability to add. <laughs> yeah. $5. I'm pretty sure like a million dollars came through tonight. Five bucks at a time. We're going to be off for the next eight years. Yeah. I'm on vacation yep. until... It's gone? Until it's gone. <laughs> Sometime after Burning Man. Yeah. All right, Bevo, here. Take uh, my I sack. W- I don't know. I-, I don't know how much was donated, but uh, you guys, I will say this. You brought it You brought it really strong, and I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. that uh, we can afford to turn the AC on again when I'm back in, was, for our next show. a lot of yeah. names. So uh, a lot of, there is a lot of names in the bag, right? All right, Bevo's reaching into the sack. She's uh, she's kneading the things that are inside of the sack. Make oh, sure they're yeah. good and shuffled. But gingerly, though, because she's, she's rough, firm, but, but with a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she has a creepy look on her face. She has a way around a bag, for sure. Admit. Oh, she's Whoa. licking. She licked. The sack. She licked the sack. That's for good luck. So whoever <laughs> wins just got a good luck sack lick from Bevo. <laughs> and, uh, all right, that's extra. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, yeah. maybe wait. I might have a sound oh. effect or something. Do we have a drum roll? Hang on, hang on. Too premature there. I got some. I got a bunch of. Th- <laughs> I'm keeping it. I got a bunch of things from the BNAs. That might uh, something like. Oh that. yeah, some sort of like a. Uh, and the winner for the best live sex scene. Oh. <laughs> And the winner for the shaft thing. Oh, wait, this one's too serious. Oh, okay. Hang on. Let's... Oh, here's <laughs> the one pretty good, the, though. Here's the music for the douche award. Maybe this one was good. No, no, no. That's too No, stupid. that's stupid. Yeah. Uh, uh, you need a basic drum roll. That should be for the drunk of the week call, though. There you go. There we go. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Bevo is now going to announce the winner of the Monster Brewing Hardware Mill, donated by MonsterBrewingHardware.com. All of you were so generous in buying raffle tickets. Bevo, please... Tell us who is the lucky winner. Mr. Paul Key. Paul, Paul Key! Ladies and gentlemen. Happy Paul milling, Paul. Key. Mill away. Wow. Lots of you donated and, uh, and, and try hard. Some of you donated multiple times. Uh, I don't know if Paul Key was one of those. I think he had a few. But uh, do you think he had a couple I in there? I think he was as many as some Key of the other people. But... All right. Paul Key, congratulations. And thank you to everybody for donating. That uh, Really, it's going to go a long way. You have no idea how much that helps. Uh, some of you do have an idea how much that helps. <laughs> and uh, I, I really appreciate that. And we appreciate it, of course, from Monster Brewing Hardware. Go over there, check them out, and, and just give them a good thanks. 
thanks for for doing that for yeah. us. Because if you think about the history of the show, uh, we've not uh, had a whole lot of that happen. That was very nice. No, definitely, it's it's definitely important to let these uh, people who donate stuff to us know how much it means to you. Absolutely. So thank you all for playing and contributing, uh, Bevo. Thank you for uh, drawing that topless. Yeah, and for wearing a skirt. Yeah, yeah. way to grab You're the welcome. sack. Yeah. I wasn't topless, but I am wearing it's not a skirt. Very cold in here. No, you were topless. Come on, Bevo. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You guys are so Top. creepy. Show them. Show them. Show them. <laughs> All right, we're off the air next week. Don't forget yeah. about that. It's Labor Day weekend. Go do something with your family for a change. You know, hang out with them. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, reintroduce yourself to them. Tell them you love them. Or brew beer, man. I, you know, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, just uh, do something meaningful with your time. So, and uh, we'll be back the week after. So I think Paul Key is blobber glop. Blobber gloody gloppy gloppy gloopy gloppy gloopy gloppy I think so. Is is that right? Uh, he'll have to tell you in the in the chat room there. It's a delay. You'll have to type it. Wow. I, I hope so because then for the next month we can say blobby globy gloopy 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 one <laughs> the uh, monster brewing hardware mill. Yeah. Which would be a lot of fun for That's us. That's a third of Easy our content. To too. In fact, uh, that should be our drunk of the week test for the next oh. couple of weeks. Is that you have to say blobber gloopy 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 gloopy. Yeah. Yeah. Who won the monster mill? <laughs> Uh, is it him? Have you found out, Beavis? Confirmation? He's not responding. He's hammered. He's yeah. happy to win his Yeah, bill. he's celebrating. Yep. He's happy he's beating his head against the wall. Right, we'll find out later. All right, so we're off next week. We're back the week after that, possibly with Homer number two. It's oh. a barbecue show. I'll post it on the homepage for you. In the meantime, books, podcasts, and shirts are available through the Brewing Network store as well as AHA memberships. You can buy Brew Your Own Magazine off of the homepage just by clicking that banner that says Brew Your Own Magazine. You get a great magazine, and we get a little cut of that, so it helps everybody. And uh, please visit and shop from our sponsors. You don't yes. have to... Uh, oh, no, it's not Blobber It's not Blobber Okay, that's too bad. That's I'm not going to say it again then. Paul Key, get a good name like Yeah, Visit and shop from our sponsors. They're wonderful people. And uh, don't worry about the Google ads, because we got dropped from Google. Did they, we? Yeah. They, uh, Why? I don't know. I haven't found out yet. I have to, I have to appeal. Oh. It wasn't a lot of income, and but they dropped me, and they don't... Google, they're dicks. They don't even say why. And they don't they don't give you a reason. They just say you can appeal here. And by the way, once you appeal, if we say no again, you can fuck off for life. Like a hot chick. <laughs> so it's a whole thing. I don't know. All right, everybody. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Out. Love that home brew can't get enough of it. Home brew blows my mind.